Welcome to the Dead Format. My name is Ian McEwen. I'm joined tonight from the Delta Sky Lounge with my co-host Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Yo, that that Sky Lounge was sick. I uh, I didn't know what I was missing before I stepped in there, and I don't think I ever want to fly again without being able to go in there. That was pretty sweet. Dude, they should let people in. I mean, they, they like they make a, a big point about not letting people in, but they, they should, should really let, let you in just once so you know. It. Yeah, like all right, yeah, I need exactly. To, I need to upgrade to the purple card now. I never would have done that if I hadn't gone there. You know what I mean? Yeah, big big shout out to Rodney. I I don't want to um uh to spoil too much of the end, but we flew into the Legacy Pit event in Richmond. Obviously, Hurricane Ian is happening. And um, touched down a little bit of turbulence, but our flight out on Sunday got canceled. And Rodney had us all rebooked. Great flight home. We had to go from Richmond to Atlanta to Boston, and we got back a little later. But big, big shout out to him for actually getting us home and, uh, and dragging us in there. That was, that was sweet. Yeah, his executive skills really are top notch. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't joking, man. He really is... Uh... He's a great person to have with you when you travel. He's the man. Especially to Magic events, because he has the cards, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... But, yeah, he... dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, you, you go. I was about to say, like, I don't know how many people there at the Legacy Pit event had cards because of Rodney, but it was, like, it was a significant portion of the field. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I did, personally, so... And, uh, yeah, so with that, obviously, this week we went down to the Legacy Pit. Um, that's why we're recording after a bit of an absence, right? It's been it's been a few weeks. It's been... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we had well, one we did, episode... We did we record one. Yeah, we did record one. We haven't put it out yet. I, I need to find it and go through and edit some things out, but, uh, but I've just been super busy. Like, my commute sucks now, so I'm up at 5.30 in the morning and I'm always tired. Uh, and then I have like some some new good personal stuff going on, so my free time is like it's just booked. So I'm glad I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk tonight, though. Yeah, why are you always tired, man? Do you want to expand upon that? No, just I, I I'm busy all the time. <laughs> just lo- lots of nice, lots of things. Yeah, well, that's good for you, bro. It but, is. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you're all settled into your new place. Uh, I guess we haven't recorded since then, probably. So is this your first episode from the new place? It is, yeah. And I have my, my basement office lit, like slash family room set up. It's, uh, it's sick. I can't wait for, to cube over here and have you guys over. Yeah. Well, before we get into the, the tournament, I wanted to briefly mention, obviously, the talk of legacy podcasting, right? We, we kind of have to talk about this. Leaving a legacy is uh, hanging him up. We had so many conversations over the weekend about like when we started to listen to podcasts and when how like how we got into start to do the podcast. And there are so yeah. many legacy podcasts that like branched off from leaving a legacy. And Pat and Jerry did like legit five years of podcast. It might it might even be more. It's more. Not, I mean, Jerry did eight years. Yeah. Jerry did the full beginning to end. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, eight. Pat probably did. Pat probably did seven. Eight years, you know, six and a half. It's seven. absolutely insane. Like the longevity and how they really like brought the community together. 
Um, and it's really nice for them to sort of go out with Jerry actually winning his first bet that he made on the Facebook page <laughs> about, about the reprinting of the reserve list stuff. It's, it's kind of great. <laughs> I don't know the technicals around that. I was just privy to a couple of messages today. It was pretty hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that what that's all about with the uh, reserve list. But yeah, I, four four packs for a thousand dollars. It's gonna sell out too, and that's the gross thing. Um, it, and I'm is already, there like a set print? Is there a defined print run? I don't know. I honestly, I would hope that there was. But knowing Watsy, it's just going to be their print run is whatever the pre-orders are. Um, True. And I'm pretty sure I already have plans to draft it, which, like, is gross, and I feel bad about it, but it's going to be so much fun. How, like, draft it exclusively or draft it as part of, like, a chaos draft or what? No, like, like booster draft those packs. Like somebody's spending four grand on that draft or whatever? I think it's three grand for four people, but yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Holy shit. That'll be, uh, that'll be fun, man. You'll have, to, you'll have to send me a picture. It's going to be like... The, uh, I really hope we don't get crap first. Anyway, anyway, back to, back to other magic Bro, stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, before we get back to magic stuff, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel like... Not death, but Monday... I was a fucking zombie because we flew out Friday night so I wouldn't have to miss any work. And the plan was to get back Sunday night at like a reasonable time so we'd be able to get some sleep. But with the rerouting and the driving back, I I think I got home a little bit before 3 and had to be up at 6.30. So I've done three and a half hour work days before. But then it was like three and a half hours of sleep, work day, get the kid, full day, like no nap, and then I, I'm like just catching up today. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully tomorrow everything's back to normal. How are you feeling? Well, we've got well, we got a, a couple messages now of uh, po- people testing positive for COVID is what I was uh, referring to. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't yeah. have COVID. Like I I can smell and I can taste. I'm yeah. just like I'm tired. Um, no yeah. no like sick sick things. Yeah, I definitely, well, I, I can't say definitely, I didn't take a test or anything, but I don't feel sick at all or anything like that, but I think I might have caught diabetes, because I was staying with you and the other guy. <laughs> no, Tom, I, Tom <laughs> I never wake up and piss. I had to wake up and piss twice last night, and I was like, these motherfuckers. It's like the diabetes sympathy? Well, I didn't have to wake up to piss, and I think, yeah, there were there were so many beers that were drunk that weekend that was... um. <laughs> Dude, that was so much fun. Like, I'm sure we're going to get into it when we get into talking about the tournament, but I uh, I hadn't traveled to a Magic event in a long time, and that was awesome. So shout out to yeah. to uh, Dom and Tom and Rodney, too, for joining us at the end. That was great. Yeah, we'll get into that. You know, we'll talk about the tournament first, and then we'll get into the, you know, debauchery. But uh, you, I think you should start this one. I know I kicked the last one off. Uh, because I said it would be shorter than your tournament report. Yep. That's gonna that would also be true this time, but we'll stagger it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I haven't played Magic in a really long time. Um, like <laughs> before we had released our last podcast. Like it, it, you know what I mean. Like it had been at least that long. And I'm pretty sure when I played before that, it was booster draft. So I knew I really wanted to go play Legacy, but I wasn't super in tune with the format. I didn't want to play Blue Red Delver. 
And because I've been so busy, I kind of like pushed off my deck building and de or thinking about my deck until like really late uh, in the process, like Wednesday with flying out on Friday um, because I was spending a lot of time, like new relationship, new commute, new, new everything, right? So, Lich King? Uh, Can I get a Lich King chat? Well, okay, so here, I haven't logged in the last few days. When, when Lich is in the chat. It got, it got released and I ground to 76 and then I cut myself off because... Uh, <laughs> Um, because I had personal things to do Thursday, flew out Friday, like had, had all that stuff going on. So I didn't actually build my deck until Thursday, but I did play Lich King Monday through Wednesday. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I wanted to play something that was familiar. that was kind of similar to all of the decks that I've been playing in the past. So I wanted to play like some sort of Delver blade shell. Um, and I found like a really what I thought was going to be a very good list to bring to the event that was almost straight white-blue, which is a splash of red for some sideboard stuff against elves, um, that was blue-white Delverblade. It had Stifle, it had Daze. I thought Stifle, right now, uh, would be pretty well-positioned. Against the random decks, it hits a lot of triggers. Against the blue-red Delver deck, they're playing basically five land, and uh, land destruction in the blue-white shell is like, something that most people don't see coming um spoiler alert against blue red it wasn't it wasn't great and we'll talk about that when we get to the to the feature match i had but in the first three rounds i played i was like i am a genius for playing stifle and then in the three losses that i ended up taking the stifle stifle wasn't so great um yeah, but you played three stifle four. Oh, you played four yeah I didn't know it was that. a full it was a full play set um Wow. And uh, when I go, I'll go through match by match, but it was amazing at the beginning of the day, and I was absolutely on fire, uh, and I was feeling it. And then sort of the wheels fell off at the end, but, uh, but I guess I'll go round by round. Um, yeah, go for it. Okay, so round one, I played against a blue-black Tezzerator deck. Um, it was like Urza Saga, Tezzerit, Karn, all of the artifacts, like Chalice, things that you would, um, that you would think would be in that shell. Um, and I got to uh, Stifle and Urza's Saga and a Karn activation and um, just sort of sort of end up getting there. Where the Stifle and the Karn activation stopped the ensnaring bridge that would have been received from the sideboard. So, like, I was able to, to win on the next turn. Nice. Um, so it was, uh, like, I felt really good about playing Stifle because it just ended up being really good in that matchup. Um, so I won that match 2-0. Uh, then I played against Elves. And um, um, it was the same thing. I, I actually ended up stifling a national order um, to be able to, like, not lose. The, the stifle the Crater Hoop Behemoth trigger, trigger off of the natural oh, okay. order to be able to, to win off the, at the next turn. Um, gotcha. And uh, I think game one, I just, like, I had enough pinpoint removal to stop his Cradle from really doing anything and just got an active JIT. Um but the uh, in game one, I ended up stifling his first fetch land, which like really set him far behind. So it was like I played uh, fetch land on turn one. Um, he played a fetch. I cracked mine, stifled his land, untapped, played Stoneforge Mystic, got jit. So I have Stoneforge Mystic and two land in play where they have zero permanence. And then it was like uh, they played land elf. I removed it, put jit into play, and then it was just like it, like completely took control of the game. <clears throat> yeah. Um, round three, I, I played against Reanimator, and um, 
I think I played it. I played it really well. It was still two games, um, but I ended up being able to play around a Thoughtseize on my true name uh, that got reanimated. So I beat. I guess I beat my own true name. Uh, there was a grief trigger that got stifled. Um, he evoked a grief, oh, and I stifled the trigger. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, so I'm three and zero after round three. And I guess to talk a little bit about the deck building, uh, the deck was playing three true name, one Merktide. And I know that seems weird, but I feel like the reason the original deck builder did that was because Merktide is super open to removal in this format, where like Delver's main decking Pyroblast, there's a bunch more on the sideboard. Um, and if you can find a good spot to, to put true name into play, it's a lot more effective, where Merktide uh, really is like, it's just dead to all the removal of the format. Um, so, uh, so the, the, the skew was a little bit more toward the true name side in the deck building process. And, um, the, the next round I, uh, played against Blue Art Delver, ended up losing that one. I had some mana issues and just like nothing come to, came together. And, uh, then I got a feature match, which, um, which is on video. Like, I don't think I made any major mistakes, but there's probably two things that I would change that I'll, that I'll end up talking about. But um, my son got to watch the feature match because his mom was like, listen, if you get on camera, text me, let me know, I'll put on Twitch for James. Um, so he was cheering me on on the TV. So actually getting a feature match was just like awesome because uh, I got to see his reaction after. And even though I lost, he was like super excited. Um, yeah, that was really cool. So I uh, played against Kevin King, who I've definitely played before. Um and uh, game one was really just like traditional Stoneblade versus Delver. I was able to protect my Stoneforge, put a Cauldra into play, um, and just sort of won, won the race. I think that he thought the traditional, like I was playing a more traditional Stoneblade deck because he didn't see Delver. And yeah. he tapped out to Merktide when he could have um, uh, removed more cards from the graveyard. And it, I, it got dazed. I untapped and played my own Merktide. So I'm not sure it would have completely changed things, but um, but in game one I got to Days of Merktide that I probably shouldn't have. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, in game two, uh, we had this super interesting sub game where he came out early with like double Delver. Um, it might have even been double Delver DRC. It was like lots of one drops early, without really setting them up with cantrips. They were just natural drops, which is usually really bad for me. And I ended up stabilizing. With a rest in peace in play. Uh, I had wiped his board. Had a rest in peace. Um, but when the rest in peace came into play. He fetched Mystic Sanctuary. And he put a bolt back on top. When I was at 7. Now he also had access to a brainstorm. So in my mind. The read there was. He has double bolt. And I can't go to 6. Alright. So I'm at 7 life. Rest in peace in play. I have a Delver. He's at a high life total, no board, and three cards in hand, or four cards in hand at the time. Um, and my hand is four stays. So I'm attacking with the Delver. He's letting his life total get chipped down, which is another reason that like, I do not think that him, him not having double bolt is like legitimate. Because if he didn't have double bolt, then he probably removes the Delver, preserves his life total, and like 
just uses it a removal spell, but he's waiting for me to spend my last life point so he can double bolt me. Yeah, that, that's a good read. Yeah. Um, now, the commentators missed that, so they thought that me not casting my force was, like, me being really patient. But there are some times where, like, if I was at 8, I absolutely would have cast the force. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. I played a true name, and uh, the true name got pyroblasted, and I absolutely would have forced that pyroblast if I wasn't at 7. Um, because that just, it, it, like, it, it makes it through that pyroblast. I don't have to worry, like, I don't think he has another force. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it just wins the game in two turns or whatever. Uh, but I don't end up drawing, um, a- another threat after that until he's able to play Brazen Borrower, which I didn't have a flying creature at the time. It, like, it's gonna kill me because I know he has the bolt. And I'm playing around Double Bolt anyway, so I had to force the Brazen Borrower, and then I got Double Bolted. So, like, looking back on the stream, he had it the whole time. That was my read. But it might have seemed really weird the way I played that, because the commentators didn't sort of see that. So I, I wanted to... Oh, I got you. I thought he didn't have it based on... Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Cool. He absolutely had it. I went back to watch it. He had it the whole time. Yeah. So, like, my read gotcha. was right. And it wasn't just, like, a soul read. It was, like, a board read. Because if you only have the yeah, one yeah, bolt, you kill sure. the Delver, for sure. Um, and if you don't have the other bolt, you probably get the brainstorm. So, um, uh, so I lost game two. And then in game three, I, uh, I unboarded Blue Blast because I, I was on the play and I brought back all my dazes and stifles and I wanted to try to be on the tempo plan. Um, yep. I, I should have kept in the Blue Blast for sure. Yeah, it's better than some card. I mean, yeah, I, like I mean, like I, too, I wanted to, I wanted to maximize the days and stifles, and I didn't want to take out any of the others. So I, right. um, uh, I sort of felt like that was more reactive, and I wanted to be the offensive deck, which is probably the wrong role to take. But, uh, but I didn't get to open up with that game plan that I wanted to anyway. So it, I didn't get to see how that would have played out. Um, but he had a double Delver DRC start. I think it was. I think it was just Delver turn one, Delver ponder, and then DRC on turn three. It was like, it was it was a really hard curve out, where mm-hmm. I knew that my life total needed to sort of be preserved, and I had a Delver that had flipped. Well, it didn't flip for a really long time. It didn't flip for a really long time in game two either, which probably would have changed things. Um, but I wanted to use my Delver as a blocker, as like sort of a semi removal spell, because I needed to be able to clear his board to stabilize. And um, I, I tapped out to cast a Ponder. Um, so I, I was on three land, played Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic resolves. I go and get whatever equipment I get. And I have one land untapped, and I'm thinking whether or not I cast the Ponder now to try to find the extra removal spells I'm going to need. Or if I don't cast that Ponder and try to set it up for next turn playing around days. Because I know that he's going to play a removal spell on my Delver. I have, I'm highly suspect of him playing a removal spell on my Delver that I want to use to be able to at least trade off one to use it as like a semi-removal spell. Um, and I don't know the top of my deck, and I didn't have another removal spell in my hand, so I cast the Ponder to try to set up a removal spell for next turn. And mm. he, he cast a removal spell on my Delver, I forced, he dazed it. And I did, like, I did think that that was probably a mistake. Um... Right. Because I could have just played around days and then ponder um, ponder ending next next turn, um, which I I ended up removing one of the delvers, but I just like I couldn't stabilize quick enough uh, yeah. to to win game three. So I lost I lost that and I was sitting at two losses, 
Um, and then I guess sort of like the uh, the the wheels fell off. I played against Jeskai Delver with Stifle, the um, like a very Robert Wilson-ish list, and I lost uh, I lost the round after, and then I was I was in the beer bracket, so my uh, yeah. my tournament was over. But at the beginning of the day, like I really I really felt uh, good about my deck choice, obviously because I was winning. Um, and then I ran into some Delver decks that I thought that I was going to be much better against, and it just, uh, it, the games didn't play out well. There were some mana issues against the Jeskai, um, that I played in the last round, some mana issues against the Delver player that I played off camera, um, and then I, I definitely took the wrong role in game three of my feature match, and in game two of my feature match, I, um... I really kind of stalled out on threats at the end. I wish I could, like, could have gotten something going there, uh, but but it didn't happen. Yeah, it's too bad. You definitely were on fire to start, you know, but these things, uh, I guess these things happen. Blue-red is a tight deck, man. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't, I haven't played Magic in a really long time, and I know it's a deck that's very similar to what I've played before, but I can't, like, I can't expect to go in there no practice and like just raw dog spike a tournament with people who are playing a lot more you know what i mean so it was uh well yeah dude this tournament was like murderers row in terms of like concentration of good players it's like basically as many good players as used to be at like a star city or something well every yeah everybody decided to drive into a hurricane or fly into a hurricane to play legacy so like you're unless you're local you're not gonna like travel long distance for that unless you you're you've been playing a pretty pretty long time i mean at this at this point we're like we're over three years past the point where legacy had any kind of tailwind right so right now you have like hardened you know people who have who have been playing legacy for a long time you know have have done well in the format like a lot of those people a lot of people who just love the format right it's it's like a very hardened sort of uh point in time that we're at so it's, it's there's really no buys anymore right yeah and i mean it's i guess like it's really hard to get into the format too so there's way way fewer people that are like oh let me give let me give legacy a try so the people who are who are in and playing are are definitely locked in and i feel that's great right. like it's absolutely great and i just need to play it is cool yeah yeah i just need to play more before the buffalo chicken dip that i'm going to i already booked my flight I can't wait to go. Um, it's legitimately at a brewery, which is going to make walking from our hotel room, um, from the uh, the bar to our hotel room, a lot easier. I think an exact quote from you from the weekend was, "Bro, how am I going to get home? There's nothing to hold on to." <laughs> but I think we'll talk about that after you talk about your tournament. So, how'd it go for you? Yeah, man. So, last time we talked about the, our deck choices, and I think we played almost the same deck last time. I, you know, I made a couple little changes, but uh, my comment as I was, uh, you know, refreshing uh, from last year, thinking about you know that episode that we did, was that I shouldn't just like play play a deck that I think might be the best deck because. I'm not a good enough player to, to do that and get any sort of edge with it. Of course, I just forgot about that entirely and just did it. And I mean, partially, like, that's... I, I did the same thing as you. Like, I, I didn't have much time to think about it. You know, I was busy with other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, 
I haven't been playing much Legacy, so it was actually a deck list that I shipped you and said, you're playing this, uh, which was a blue-white-red deck with uh, Stifle and Esper Sentinel. Yep, that was... that uh, was You know, Delver. That was the deck that I played against in round six. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I had shipped it to you on Wednesday, like, oh, you're going to play this deck. And you, you were, thought about it, but you ultimately decided not to. But also, uh, what happened that a couple days before was I got a sick gift. One of the nicest gifts I've ever gotten from uh, our devoted listener, Kramer, who was featured on our previous episode. Kramer, I promise you. I promise you I'm going to release that episode. You know what? I'm going to put it at the end of this. Do you want me to tell you? I don't know if I want to tell everybody why it's not out yet. Okay. Okay, so most episodes, most episodes... Uh, I edit. I edit. And I know exactly where the things are that I want to edit out. And in this episode, it was, um, there were a lot, there were, there were many shenanigans that I thought to myself, I think that I should edit that out, right? And mostly, most of the time, it's like one or two, and I keep track of the timestamps so I can edit it really quickly and put it out. But this one, we talked for a pretty long time. And there were a lot yeah. of them, and that means like I need to find time in my busy schedule to sit down and listen to the whole hour. Like you know what I mean? I need to listen to the whole thing again to find those things that were in my mind at the time. Um, but I will find them and I will tack it on to the end of this episode, and there will be some extra bonus content where we have a guest who told me to shut the fuck up <laughs> on, <laughs> on the podcast. So I. I listen. It's gonna come out. It's just gonna be a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, Kramer gave me one of the nicest gifts any, anyone has ever given me, uh, which was a set of German black border bolts, which I'd wanted. I, I hadn't moved on, but I really did want, and I was wow. like, man, I'm so pumped to have these. That's I, that's amazing. I needed to play them. All yeah, right. It was. It was like. It was such an amazing gift. So I. I had to play them in the deck, right? Um, can I, I can I sidetrack a little bit? Yeah. All right. So listen, I don't want to interrupt your story. That's an awesome gift from Kramer. But I had a moment with the the sort of new relationship who came over on Thursday. Uh, we've been together for a while, but like, and she knows that I'm a nerd, but hasn't really experienced it yet. And I like, I, I needed to build my deck, right? So I'm going through my collection and I'm pulling out the cards that I need either for blue red, Jeskai, or the white blue stone blade deck, right? And I get to my signed beta Chris Rush lightning bolts in my stack, and I pull them out, and I was like really happy to see them again because like I love like I love these cards. He signed them for me at an artist dinner that I went to when I was working at Grand Prix, and like they're like a memory and a beautiful card for me. So I, uh. I start to take them out of the sleeves, and there's only three of them. And I'm like, that is really fucking bad. I'm thinking this in my head. So I, like, double-check to make sure there's only three, and then I get this, like, really, like, like awful look on my face. And she asked me what was wrong, and... I don't want to say that I had like a meltdown, but I was like literally in a panic of going through all of the cards that I had in my collection to find this fourth one and have to explain 
why I was acting the way that I was acting because I was missing a piece of cardboard. But everything everything yeah. worked out okay. I actually went through my entire collection the first time and I didn't find it. And uh, and then she helped me find Ooh. it. It was great. So anyway, back to your Sick. story. I, I wanted to wanted to say how a grown forty two year old man um, had a had a mini meltdown over uh, losing a magic card. Nice. So she didn't. Uh, she didn't just leave after that. No, she didn't. She helped me find it. She's nice. like, why would there only yeah. be three? And she like she actually made the comment that sort of made me figure out where it was because in the last pit event I played three main one side and I was like oh shit I need to find that sideboard and I remembered one of the other cards in the sideboard seeing it where it was and then going and finding it and it was a it was a triumph so it was a big it was a big win yeah all's well that ends well it didn't get shipped to Rodney yeah I mean I, I I moved a massive amount of like bulk and other stuff and my my fear was that it just got mixed into there. And I know if Rodney found it, he would he would like let me know like listen, this wasn't supposed to be in there. Um yeah, yeah. But it uh it got found, so that's good. Sweet. So yeah, so I I was sort of locked on that deck at that point cuz I wanted to play Bolt and I didn't want to play any other Bolt deck, right? So that seemed like a perfect fit for what I wanted to do. I I've been wanting to play Esper, Esper Sentinel forever. I wanted to play these Black Border Bolts. So I registered the deck. I didn't change anything at all. Uh, that's not true, actually. I changed a couple sideboard cards from, from a list that had um, won an online event recently. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the player. But I would like to give credit, but I forget. Was it Davey? I, so anyway, I think so. Okay. So anyway, I uh, registered the deck. And round one got paired, and it was a uh, it was a dude who had on like a hat, like a I don't know what to call these hats. It's like a hat where the ears kind of fold up on the side, and it's like woolly on the inside. Oh, like a like a, like a like what you would imagine like a Russian farmer to be wearing. Exactly. Okay, right. I don't know what it's called either, called but I know parka. exactly what I know exactly what hat you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, one of those hats, like plaid, you know. And uh, just just a super chill, kind of reminded me of Merit Elisamri. Um, super chill dude. His name was Ali. He's from California, and uh, he had very NorCal energy. But uh, he was from Southern. He claims he's from Southern California. Who knows? But with that hat and that energy, my read was definitely NorCal. And he was playing a beautiful deck, dude. He was playing like a passion deck, right? It was like a mono black deck. But no small pox. It was mono black with dark confidants and basically just all the good black cards, right? Like him to Turok, dark confidant, mm-hmm. Liliana, you know, Liliana the Veil. Um, just any any good black card from the ages was was in his deck. It was and it was like a very beautiful deck, like a passion project sort of deck. So we had some good games, you know it. Uh, I forced two Lilianas in game two that saved my true name. One of the themes, actually, of this tournament was you You told me on the flight down that you were playing three true names and one Murktide, and you were all sold on this. And I liked your logic. I, I agreed with your logic. 
But I felt like I didn't have enough reps with the deck to make any changes, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely should have played more true names. Yeah, like, I thought... I, there's no question. I thought that reasoning was good, because I was trying to figure out why you wouldn't just jam four Merktides, and I was like, oh, it's it's a metagame call with all the blasts and how Merktide is, is kind of fragile. And obviously, like, it is a monster, but people people have their eye on it, for sure. Yeah, so he had a bunch of remote, you know, sudden edict and that sort of stuff, but... You know, true name got there, and uh, round two I played against a, a Planeswalker control deck. We'll, we'll get more to the round one opponent later, but mm-hmm. round two I played against a Planeswalker control deck, and it was um, like you know Minsk and Boo. It was all basics. Every single game started with a Fetch Island, Fetch Plains, Fetch Mountain. Uh, it was all basics like Minsk and Boo, Teferi, Narsa, you know, all the all the hits, right? Yeah. Expressive iterations or plowshares, all all stuff you'd expect to see. That deck was a deck I didn't want to see at all. Uh, it sits right on top of the deck that I was playing. He played around Cypher. This kid was actually real a really good player. I'm not sure and, unfortunately what his name was. And it probably played um, the uh, green enchantment that gives a bunch of mana out of the sideboard. So like yeah, just you know, I, I had a forest, a carpet of flowers. Yep. 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 Yep, exactly. That's exactly what the match was. And I, I took game one. It was a crazy calculation. I, I had stuck a true name. He had stuck a mentor and then into a Minsk and Boo that I didn't force. And it's because I like I did the math on I had to if I got like two attacks in and forced through a lightning bolt, how many spells could he cast next turn with his mentor? Because I still had like all my life. You know, he doesn't have any threats besides those. Yep. So he was just starting to pressure my life total, and I had already got him down to nine. And it worked out in my favor. So I just squeaked across the line yep. in round, you know, game one. So I was feeling good about maybe getting one of the post-board games. Unfortunately, I didn't. Both the post-board games uh, went you know, exactly according to his plan, and he played really well. You know, He, did, he played around days um, and stifle. Uh, very well played into them when he needed to but you know when he didn't need to he didn't so you know props to him i think it went about how it should have uh round three i played against lands another matchup where true name is just so much better than murktide um i won game two because i found all four of my wastelands uh which was pretty awesome but it was like a traditional lands build with uh with punishing fire and rashad and port and you know those decks are like the lands decks tuned for Delver. You know, like they they're they know what they want to beat. You know, Punishing Fire is really uh, a good tool against Delver. I I also uh, stuck a Winter Orb uh, in the game too, uh, and I needed all four of my Wastelands anyway to get to get through. But I lost in three, and uh, round four was my last round I played against Doomsday. Uh, dude from Argentina. I shouldn't have said he played against Doomsday. I should have said this. Game one, he played a Cavern of Souls and named Bird. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, I was racking my brain, you know, like, what what's going on right now? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was Doomsday. It was a, he needed to stick a Baleful Strix against Delver, which made total sense. Uh, I took game one. He took game two on the Mentor Tombstalker sideboard plan. Uh, which I believe um, is a Samantha, I think, top-aided with a similar sort of thing with 
you know, mentor Merktide or something. Yeah, I think she she had she had been playing the transformational sideboard out of Doomsday for a while. Um, in yeah, fact, like yeah. posting to Twitter at the point where a few months ago, I like I screenshotted the deck because it was uh, like the Doomsday shell that either sideboarded into a Stoneforge or a Delver package out of the sideboard. It was like Delver Merktide in the sideboard or Stoneforge Mystic, and I was like this. This is a doomsday deck that I can play. Um, yeah, yeah, but she ended up making top eight. Nice. So yeah, I um, cycled through all of my. So in round two against the Planeswalker deck, obviously True Name was great. It won me the game that uh, I did win. Same thing in round two. Like I needed to get through Infinite Maze of Ith from Thespian Stage, and True Name did that. Mm-hmm. And round four, all of my Merktides were answered by the transformational Doomsday deck with the Plows. So I was just like, true name Nemesis, because, you know, they weren't playing Blast, it was against Doomsday. Yeah. So I was like, true name would have been better in every match I played today. So, yeah, I really uh, wished I had the true names, but I didn't. And that was uh, that was about the story of my tournament, you know. It was uh, short, not very good. Probably my worst performance I could remember. But that's you know what I deserved certainly. And I learned a lot about the deck after you know after the point where it would have been relevant. But yeah, I mean, uh, me too. I I didn't deserve to 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 do anything. Yeah. But I would. I'm like I'm thinking about playing what I'm going to play at the chicken dip. And if I don't just play like a just guide Delver shell with expressive iteration, I I might literally just run back blue red Stoneblade, and lose lose the Stifles and potentially lose the Delvers, for Esper yeah. Sentinels and play more removal and maybe some Planeswalkers and like play a more traditional higher curve blue white deck with some more removal, because um, I, honestly I just I really enjoyed playing Stoneforge Mystic. And yeah, I I like that style. I think I'm at the boomer point where I'm not gonna like the. I want to play a deck that I enjoy playing, and I really like Stoneforge Mystic. And um, we'll we'll see what happens. I really like Esper Sentinel too. I, I well, yeah, I knew about how good it was going to be in this deck, which is not its absolute best, but you know, it's a good card. But I. I really enjoy playing with it. So. Yeah, it's such it's such like a taxing card when you're playing um, when you're even if you're playing like a higher curve blue white right because you play it on turn one and then it just taxes your opponent the whole game and it slows the game down enough potentially to where it allows you to develop your mana base to play your better spells and if they yeah. eat if it eats a removal spell early it kind of clears the way for your stoneforge similar to the way that Delver does although I feel like in the straight blue white shell. You're not the the chipping away at a Delver early on their life total is less important than in a, a deck that can like double bolt somebody out. So I feel like Esper Sentinel might be better in that spot, especially with like yeah. there not being that much combo that you need to clock. It's all like fair four color decks and blue red Delver and like things like that. So I like I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. It'll have its bad matchups, like Elves, for example. I, you know, that where Esper Sentinel's going to be pretty bad. But uh, for the most part, it's it's 
relatively well positioned in the meta, and it's just a good fun card to play. I like it. So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna play Esper Sentinels again. Like I, I only needed three for the deck, but I, I got four from Rodney, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play these in the future. So yeah, I need to pick up two more, two more for a playset for sure. So yeah, that was uh, that was the tournament the official part of the tournament shout out to the legacy pick guys it was an awesome venue it was a you know an awesome tournament they kind of got screwed by the hurricane yeah and like they they took such a thrashing on twitter for the prize pool stuff but like in reality they said exactly how they were going to prize which was the prizes for top eight and then the prizes for everybody else in day two, right? They didn't change that. The only thing that changed was the amount of people that made day two. So every mm-hmm. single person that got a prize at that event got exactly the prize that was advertised. Like I didn't see any of this. So, yeah, no, it, like people were like, oh, it didn't pay. It was supposed to be a twenty k, but they they gave everybody exactly the prize that they announced that they were going to give, and people were just mad that they didn't spend the full twenty k because not as many people made day two, but they they spent thirty. Like I I don't listen. This is a guess. Thirty forty thousand dollars. On the venue, Bro, there was cosplayers. There was coverage. I've, like, I mean, dude, their yeah. coverage is like sick. I honestly like they spent so much money on that event, and they took in thirty thousand dollars in entry fees, and that probably didn't cover the venue. So, if you want to go to another awesome legacy event, like, do you do you want the TO to lose thirty grand? I don't. Like, I, I and I feel like everything everything that they did was very reasonable because they gave everybody exactly the same fucking prize and they said they were going to give them. It's not like they shorted top eight or shorted anybody who made day two. It's like, come on, come on. And it, yeah, it seems crazy. Yeah, anyway, I, I'm done talking about that. But I uh, I think the Legacy Pick guys are awesome. And um, I'm, I'm happy that I got the Pity Feature match. <laughs> yeah, bro. So... Yeah, now that the uh, official business is out of the way, I guess we should uh, talk about the talk fucking about... shenanigans. Yeah, well, there. Okay, uh, Friday night was pretty in control, I would say. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I mean, got we got in, late. we got in kind of late. I think we went out for like a beer or two, and like we we understood that we had to get to sleep in order to play. I don't know what time we actually like got in to go to sleep. But it wasn't anything crazy. Like we got we got in late. Yeah. We we got food, had a few drinks, went back and went to sleep. Like that was it. Mm. And then I I was telling you guys that there's been like this pattern, this like re- reoccurring thing where every tournament this has been happening every tournament, like Niagara, um, uh, the last Legacy Pit where. At like 6 or 7 p.m., like people are scrubbing out and making dinner plans and we don't have any plans and stuff. It's just been like this reoccurring theme where I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to break the cycle this time. I guess this is the event where finally, you know, we just go home, you know, crack a few jokes, maybe get a six pack of beer and 
just chill and go to sleep and wake up and get on our flight or whatever. Like nothing crazy is going to happen. You know, we didn't have any plans. We didn't have anything going on. And I was just like, yeah, you know, this is this is fine. You know, this is all good streaks come to an end at some point. This, this is what I'm thinking. I always end up thinking this, right? But that didn't happen this time either. This was uh, another uh, another uh, classic. I don't even, dude. I don't even. Dead. It's, it was another classic dead format weekend. We'll start start before we went out when we were leaving the venue. There was a story that you were gonna bring up earlier that you said we'll talk about at the end. No, that was. Oh, that was Sunday. Time. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about yeah. it on Sunday then. You're right. I had too. I had too hard of a Saturday. I forgot that that was Sunday. Yeah. So what? What, what happened? Like, so unfortunately, our memories aren't going to be perfect. I don't think. I well, think, I think uh, I think they actually are. Right? Like we um, we got out, went back to the Airbnb to like de-stress and drop our stuff off, and I believe we went to the Capitol Ale House, right? Okay. And we sat upstairs, and just had a bunch of drinks and we're talking, like eating, um. And somehow darts got brought up. You were talking about how yeah, it was me, it was me, you, and Stano. Which, by the way, Stano made a, uh, a strong bid for a new permanent cast member in the uh, <laughs> Dead Format Extended Universe. He he was a consistent source of entertainment all weekend. Yeah, you he, uh, you didn't get to meet him at the last pit event, but I was at the bar with him, and uh, maybe you did get to like say hi. But um, but I was super pumped that he was there this weekend because it was awesome. But yeah, yeah, he he's a he's a strong uh, strong candidate. He has the the right energy. <laughs> so we're up we're upstairs, and you were talking about darts and how like you were playing a ton in Ohio, even like signing up for tournaments. And I think you mentioned like, wow, like I really, I really, I really wish there was somebody ra- somewhere around here where we could play. And I'm looking at this old vintage sign that says. <laughs> darts pool game room downstairs and i'm like did you yo you see that and in fact i probably should have remembered this but the last time there was a legacy grand prix in richmond i was at that same place in that downstairs pool room dart (laughs) bar but i i just like i had far too many and i left early and i forgot that i was literally at that place and there was that game room downstairs. Um, so Robert Wilson was out at a big dinner, shot me a message and asked what we were doing. I was like, we're going to play We're gonna play some darts. We're at this place. And um, closed down our tab upstairs, went downstairs, and then just had a fucking blast. Um, Bro, it was, it was pretty wild. So it was, uh... I, got, I got to talk to Mike Noble, who was doing coverage. And like I've been like Facebook friends with him for a while. And like obviously like seeing him at events and talked to him a few times, uh, but had like some really good conversations with him um, at, at the bar downstairs. And, uh, and he was awesome doing coverage. Uh, but like, it, it was just, it was great. I beat, yeah. I beat two natural dart players, one <laughs> semi, yeah. semi-professional dart player from Ohio and another English <laughs> dart player who just basically grew up playing darts at the pub. Um, from the time yeah. that he was seven, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put an asterisk because <laughs> I I won I won the game one, but I I don't think I thought I was standing like perfectly straight, throwing perfectly <laughs> straight and everything. But once I walked out of the bar, dude, I was like 
there's no way I must have been like all over the. I just didn't realize like how bad I'm, I've gotten at that. Do point. you do you but remember anyway. jump, putting putting like like late '90s, early 2000s music on the jukebox and like jumping around well, singing Third yes, Eye Blind with but, me? Okay, but okay. yes, yeah, but. First, I remember how that started. <laughs> Bryant Cook got there. He must have spent like $20 putting Taking Back Sunday songs on that jukebox, bro. Because all of a sudden I, I hear Taking Back Sunday and I like looked up and Bryant's like standing there. And I was like, you motherfucker. So it started with, with the Taking Back Sunday stuff. And then it was just like a jukebox war from that point <laughs> And, uh, you know, we, this was like, this was sort of behind the scenes uh, happening. I'm not sure, like, how much everybody was aware of. Because there was, like, different side groups. You know, like, Roland was there, uh, Roland Chang, um, some other people. And, you know, we were, like, sort of breaking off. Robert Wilson was there. More handsome Robert Wilson was not there. But um, they did they did have a mirror match with this tournament, which is pretty awesome. Uh, that dude, Bill McNeil is his name. He He's a cool dude, man. I was glad to see him there. And, uh, yeah, basically, what was it, Santana? We were, we the were Rob, they, well, it was the the Santana album with all the guest appearances. So yeah. there was the Rob Thomas guest appearance and the Everlast. Yes, yeah, the that's, Everlast what got, that's what got it started. <laughs> yeah, the, the Santana into taking into Third Eye Blind. It was, it was fucking sloppy, bro. It was... <laughs> Dude, everyone in that restaurant, the downstairs bartender, the bouncer, the waitress downstairs, and the manager of the restaurant were all just staring at us because everyone had left, the lights were on, all the chairs had been turned up, and we were just, I wish you would step back from that. Like, while we're playing darts, jumping around, singing these fucking songs, dude. It was, um, dude, I apologized profusely on the way out because, like, I had this moment of clarity where I was just like, they've been watching us for, like, half an hour at this point. They didn't kick us out. They never even said, you know, you guys got to I mean, we were still still ordering. Like, I think they didn't want to, they didn't want to stop us. We didn't get out of there too late. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't last call. I think we were just the last of that group to. No, no. Last call had happened. Oh, I was oh, there for last call. Oh, yeah. I think they were turning, they were turning the, the taps back on to pour our beers. But <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it was it was pretty late. It was like two thirty three. Oh, okay. When we left, well, and uh, it was uh, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, and we walked out, and I was just, I was like, how far away is the apartment? <laughs> How, like, what direction is the apartment, and how am I going to get there? Because I realized that I'd been like holding on to things like perpetually, like yep, like the bar, the travels. bar counter in the wall, and yeah, the, the to railings. and from the dartboard, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was nothing to hold on to on the street. It was just sidewalk and buildings. <laughs> but somehow the the power of uh, Disney songs or whatever the fuck. Yeah, we for some reason we started singing the Aladdin soundtrack, and uh, I don't know how that started, but it was to uh, a group of extremely intoxicated thirty to mid forty year olds um, 
scream singing a whole new world through the streets of Richmond. Yeah. And through our Airbnb, which was more like a hotel. Yeah, there were probably other people with, there. Yeah, they hated us. Like, no question, they hated us. So, bro, I slept on the bathroom floor. I <laughs> slept on my clothes, so my clothes were all wrinkled. But when we got home, we opened the windows because it was hot. And, like, the thermostat, you adjusted it successfully somehow. But this but is after the, after the damage was yeah. done. The situation was basically like the the windows were open, but the thermostat was set to heat and seventy, and it was fifty six outside. So it was like constantly just blowing heat. It was like like a you know nonstop heat. I had to go to the bathroom to escape this heat and just lie down on the bathroom floor on my clothes, uh, and find salvation there, but. It was a. Uh, it was not not the prettiest morning. I got up and met our our buddies for breakfast. You were, I couldn't wake you up, dude. I tried. I, like, yeah, I uh, I was I was out. I like I think I paced everybody the night before, but I I don't normally get to sleep in, and yeah, I just I didn't I didn't want to get up. So I missed I missed breakfast, but uh, caught up with you guys a little later. Yeah, bro. I. Side note, I had the breakfast fries for breakfast, which were amazing at Secret Sandwich. Oh, I went back there the next day, too. (laughs) Yeah, okay, nice. So then (laughs) yesterday, I'm home, and I'm like, dude, my feet are really swollen. Like, I was looking at my feet, and I was like, what have I eaten lately? And I realized (laughs) that on (laughs) I'd eaten on Friday night, I got the loaded fries and pierogies at the Capitol Hill house. Yep. Then on Saturday we ate Starbucks and then I got the loaded fries at Secret Sandwich and for dinner we had nachos at Capitol Hill house and then I had the breakfast loaded fries at Secret Sandwich <laughs> for breakfast. I survived on loaded fries all weekend, dude. I didn't mean to do this. It just happened. So I had very, a little bit more of a balanced diet, but the food the food that weekend was great. Like uh, airport flat yeah, Friday was cool. Yeah, airport Friday night out. I went to Legal Test Kitchen, and I had this like amazing, uh, like raw seared tuna. So it was just spiced and seared on the outside with sesame seed, and um, like was served like sushi style. Then we went to the Capitol Hill House. I think I had like the short rib barbecue. Which was amazing, uh, and then the the sweet potato fries at the Secret Sandwich Society, where oh, I got like dude. the pastrami oh sandwich. My God, those were, those so were good. those were the best sweet potato fries I've ever had. They weren't soggy. They were perfectly crispy. They were fucking perfect. And I legitimately Phenomenal. ran. I ran that meal back the next day when I went when you guys went to the venue, and I went there because I missed breakfast. I had the same thing oh. I had the night before, and it was uh, it was awesome. Then, I wish I knew why you were going in that direction because I would have followed you. Oh yeah, it was straight up, I straight forgot. up went back there, and then we went to this Korean place, so uh, this Korean place after, which was like really, really, really good, and I got uh, short rib udon with like a gochujang honey. So it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So overall. 
solid. Tr- oh, we went back to the venue. I should say we went back to the venue. I vended some stuff. And what'd you buy? Do you want to tell everybody what you bought? Uh, I, I can't I can't get into that. Oh, oh okay, okay. Can you tell after I, the thing happens? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Alright. So I talked to uh, you know, I talked to some people, vended some cards. Uh, I talked to uh, I think his name is Jimmy, the, the Dice City Games guy who also does a lot of stuff for New England uh, not New England old school, North American old school. He's like the the North American old school guy. I didn't realize the Dice City guy was the North American old school guy. So we ended up like shooting the shit. He showed me all his decks. I sold cards that I didn't maybe intend to sell. It was like it was an awesome experience. So I, I really that was a really pretty pretty cool like a highlight of my weekend. So highly recommend Dice City. But on the way out, I hear somebody yell my name. And I remembered that round one, my opponent didn't say anything to me. This this guy, Ali, didn't say anything to me about the podcast or anything until after the match was over. He was like, hey, do you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he's like, remember when oh, you, yeah. Remember when you told the person at the last Legacy Pit event, he was like, do I like know your voice from somewhere or know your name? You're <laughs> no, like, no, he didn't say know nah, your voice. Nah, he said know no your clue. name. No clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, this guy knew what he was doing. He said, "Do you have a podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "You know, he he said it the very honestly, like you know, maybe he'd heard an episode or something." But I think he was just being polite, you know, because he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'd like to take a picture with you guys if you don't mind, like sometime later today if you find me or whatever." I was like, "Yeah, sure, it just sounds good, man." So I didn't think much of it, but then he, I hear him calling our name on the way out. And I spin around, and it's the dude. I recognize the hat, obviously. And uh, yeah, what he he said, what he said, like, what did he say? I don't remember. He said that he one never stopped podcasting. He knows that like keeping to a schedule is really hard, and we've been inconsistent. But he absolutely loves the stuff that we put out, and to keep on doing it, which was like super motivating after like having like a crazy last year and not really doing much with the cast um Mm -hmm. and then he said that he i believe he said that he worked in radio and our on air back and forth is so like natural that it's really hard to do and that we we do a really job with that that's what it was yeah i like yeah it kind of blew me out of the blew me out of the water it was so sincere though like he was you know it was so sincere and uh like a heartfelt sort of moment i was like damn man i was like this this uh this really sort of like made the weekend you know what i mean like it was uh it was one of those moments where like uh you're like holy shit man like this was uh probably the most sincere and uh meaningful compliment i've gotten since we started recording you know oh i absolutely agree yeah that was like a really cool moment honestly um so thank you uh, Ali, that was uh, that was super cool. I hope that picture came out. Yeah, sorry. I hope that picture came out good. I would like. I always have to do like the suck my stomach in, turn sideways. Oh you know, no, I, I forgot. Got, to. I got that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, oh. bro, this Ooh. is that's what he said. Actually, that's what he said. Now I remember. <laughs> he was like, you know, you get these ideas in your heads of what people look like, and I was like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. What did you think we looked like? And he immediately regretted saying it. 
but he was such an honest kid that he had to tell us what, what he thought we looked like. He thought that I was a uh, virile young man. Uh, Basically saying that so he thought that you were much more handsome than uh, the result. Yeah. Uh, younger, specifically younger. He thought I would be younger. And that he thought that you were uh, like a basement dwelling nerd. Yeah, well, I mean, like, he nailed that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember uh, what what adjectives he used for you exactly but it was uh yeah dude and i could totally relate to that because like i like i remember meeting jerry and pat and being like what the fuck you know like these don't look anything like what i thought they looked like now they do like when i hear their voice they sound like their voice you know but like have you had that experience before uh no i mean i think like I no, I haven't. I I don't think I, when I listen to people's voices on the radio, I try to like imagine what they look like. Oh, interesting. You know, like I I don't I don't try to put a face to to voices, but I like I'm definitely not face blind, but I have a really I, I don't know. I'm not like a super visual person when it comes to that. Uh, but gotcha. I try to I try to keep those separate. I I guess the only time I would I would think that. If there's like sort of like a huge cognitive dissonance between what somebody's voice sounds like and what they look like, you know what I mean? Um, like like a, a handsome Dan from remember that movie Airheads? Yes. <laughs> handsome Dan, the uh, radio guy. I now I remember I remember watching that movie. I remember Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler and uh, George Brandon of the Jungle. Frazier, is that that guy's name? Say it again. Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fra- Brendan Fraser. Yes, who's actually on a Brandon. comeback. Good for him. Uh, but I don't remember the DJ. So. Oh, okay. He's he's this really awkward looking scrawny dude named Handsome Dan. He's got this voice like uh like yeah. like David Allen Boucher from yeah, Bed- yeah. Bedtime Magic. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, dude. It was uh. You know what. It could have been even a crazier weekend if Stano didn't blow it, and I don't know if we should explicitly say why, but... Uh, we um, shouldn't. No, but he uh, <laughs> he knows what he has to do next time. He's he, I'm making him, I'm officially making him a permanent member of the Dead Format Extended Universe because he has a, he still has a bill to pay. <laughs> uh, that was such a fun, like, it was a really good group of people to travel with, and I, like, I... I say that knowing that I've I really haven't had a bad experience traveling with people to magic events. I think we have a really good group of people surrounding us, but it was uh Yeah. It was an awesome weekend. It's just like it was And Dom is Dom is like the rock, right? He's he's like the father, you know, he's like the uh making the reservations, making everybody's bed, doing our laundry while we're out at two in the morning singing Disney songs. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he, he he's, he a, he's it, a great guy to travel. He called with. it early on Saturday night. Now he he made the right call for him, but he yes. missed the shenanigans. Yeah, but he's like a response. You know, he knows which direction we're supposed to turn when we get to the intersection. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he he's uh, well, when we get to the intersection, then we turn around to wait for him for about forty seconds, and then he knows which direction. Well, it's better than me leading but... the way quickly, not knowing where I'm going. Yeah. So I walk like a yeah. block ahead of everybody, and then I see you guys turn. I'm like, all right, I'm going back because <laughs> I have no clue yeah. where I'm going. <laughs> but no, he he's he's a great person to have in the uh, 
in the party, right? In the uh, the the fellowship or whatever. Good there reference. What is that called? Good. Uh, I mean, it, it could be it could be called the party. Or if we're talking Lord of the Rings, it could be the fellowship. Um, okay. I think I think of it more like a D and D party with uh, venturing into the dungeon or whatever that mono white deck was trying to do. Oh, we're we gonna tell everybody well, about the card that like we woke up hungover Sunday morning and bought like fifty copies oh, of as a fuck. as a room. Are we gonna are we gonna Geist, talk about that? Yo, yes, Geist of Mary Catherine. Everyone needs to buy this fucking card. I think it's so I think it's like victory up. triumph of Saint Catherine. It's not yes, Geist. It like Catherine. it feels like Geist, but it's not Geist. Okay. So it's a it's a war it's a card out of the Warhammer Commander decks. And it's a 5-5 five, five lifelink for four and a white. Doesn't fly. Um, which, like, on the face value, sucks. Like, who would ever fucking play that card? But it miracles for one and a white. And when it dies, you shuffle it into the top six cards of your library. So in, like, I was le- legitimately thinking about how would that impact, like, a blue-white stone blade shell with all of the cantrips to be able to set it up and all of that. And it catches you up against the Delver decks. Like it's a it's a it's a big bodied life linking creature that doesn't get blasted. And it was pre selling for like two dollars or two ninety nine. Um, yeah. So we uh, somebody got some. We and then yeah. I got a playset, and then everybody got a playset, and then I went back in on another playset, which led people to buy. It it was kind of a mess. Because we, I don't yeah. think we were thinking clearly. Because our flight had just got canceled, and uh, we were manic about trying to get home. Yeah, I, I, I have sixteen of them now, and uh, which isn't an absurd number, but um, okay, me too. I, that's all. That's where I stopped. It's just like, how does blue red beat that card, right? Because like, if they spend two bolts on it, it's still coming back like next turn or the turn after. Hear me out. You know Hear me I mean? out. Stifle the miracle trigger. There you go. That, that's I guess. Well, can you stifle the shuffling it back in trigger? Uh, you could, but I feel like stifle, stifling the miracle trigger would be way. That would better. be ideal too. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Because it's basically like batter's call, right? It's like it's going to keep coming back for two mana or whatever. I mean, it's like I don't want to say it's a better batter's call, but I feel like in that situation, but, you yeah. would rather have it than batter's call for sure. But, like, remember back in the day when it was, like, Blue Red Delver and Bug Delver? I mean, like, back in the Death Right day when, like, Batter Skull was how you beat those decks because... Because you could just bounce it an and replay it. it. Yeah, it couldn't be Abrupt Decayed and it would they just They had recur. Decay and they had Bolt and you had Batter Skull. Yep. And you would activate the true name before you bounce the Batter Skull. You know, like, you knew all the tricks because that was how you beat Delver with, like, Stoneblade decks is they just they didn't have a good answer for batter skull. Yep, plays around click too. I remember doing that in a tournament, my first Star City yep. top eight. Anyway, yeah, dude. So that was that was like once like I don't remember if it was Dominic or Stano started talking about this card. I think it was Dom. Yeah, I was like, wait, slow down, say that again. And like, I started to think about it because at first I was like getting all ready to say like, yeah, this is garbage, you know. But I just kept thinking more and more about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I can, I can actually really see." Well, so here's the thing, right? It's a card out of a commander deck that you have to buy for forty bucks to get it. Yeah. If it is good, 
or if you want to try to play it, your best bet's to try to pre-order it now, right? Like, what's the worst? Right. You pay $3 for it and it drops to a dollar? Like, yeah. big whoop. But if this is a card, and I don't think it's going to be, that, like, ends up actually seeing a significant amount of play, you could end up paying a lot more for it in the future. Especially from it coming, like, from a supplementary product. Like, this isn't true name nemesis. You're not going to see people, like flocking to every single Walmart on the drive down to Grand Prix DC to buy out the true name commander deck. But it, it seemed reasonable, reasonable enough for me to buy at $2 or whatever it was. Yeah, for sure. Now I was sold, um, maybe less sold on it now, but I still am going to try playing it for sure when it comes. I think I want to play the chicken dip. I think I want Esper Sentinel, true name, Dude, Stoneforge, that card. I, I probably want Mark Tide, but I don't know if there's room for it. And I just won't play the shitty cards that I played in my deck, and maybe I'll play a Planeswalker or two. But, so. All right, I'm committing right now. I'm committing to not making the same mistake for the Buffalo Chicken. Do you actually want to test for this one this time? I'm actually maybe not test. <laughs> Do you want to come but up with our deck list not, a little bit earlier then? <laughs> I'm going to at least not play some stock deck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. You can play that in Dead Guy. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to get you to play Dead Guy now. <laughs> I might play Dead Guy, but I'm not playing that card in it. But uh I might I might also play Asper Stoneblade with that card. We'll see. Alright. Uh anything else? Any other shout outs? Uh Nick Penn, Ben Bordaka for coming out from Boston. That was awesome. Nick, Nick Penn, I hope you feel better, bro. Shout out to all the people the... that were at the the bar that night. Um, yeah, there were. Sorry if we. Yeah, it was a, it was a night. There's a lot of people. It was a night. It was a night, bro. It, I'm still honestly feeling it, but. Um, uh, and biggest shout out to Rodney, for the platinum yes. status, immediate for showing us where all the white people in the airport are. Oh God, do I have to fucking? <laughs> why do you do every time? No, every it's a, fucking dude, it's a self deprecating joke. Uh, so anyway. Uh, big shout out to Rodney and his platinum status for uh, Delta calling Ian and myself and basically saying, do you do you want to get rescheduled for tomorrow? And then him calling yeah. and us immediately on a different connecting flight to get home that night. So, yeah, he big, dude, big however ups. he did that fucking magic. Big Rodney is, is like such a dude. He's a, like a EV magnet. He really is. So. Yeah, he he saved our he saved our bacon, man. Yep, shout out to airport security. Literally going through all of his fucking cards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every uh, every single one. I wonder if they found anyone to take that red suitcase yet. <laughs> it's still sitting there. I wonder what was it's still that? sitting there. It's probably a setup. Like, oh, it's your red suitcase. Arrested. Arrested. Yeah, yeah that was shady as fuck. Yeah, but that uh, that Delta Sky Lounge walking in there with free food and drinks. Who knew, like, who knew the place Ravioli's, was... Raviolis, mashed yeah, potatoes. Yeah, fucking bougie. It all. Bougie as fuck. That was, that was super nice, bro. I got, got to see how the other side lives. I got I, uh, I got to watch the last hour of Batman because I made the dumb decision to watch a three-hour movie on a two-hour flight. So I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. Bro, I made... I, I promise you I made a worse decision. I had two books with me. I had uh, Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. And I had 
Brandon Sanderson. I don't remember the name of the book, but it's a Brandon Sanderson book, yeah. so it's extremely long. Blood Meridian I read on the first flight, and it was like a good book. It was starting out really good, but the way he writes, it was like taking me so long to read each page. And I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to read the fantasy book on the second flight. And now I've spent like six hours the past two days reading this fucking book, dude. I'm it, it, Being in the middle of a Sanderson book, there's like one listener who's going to know what I'm talking about. But You have 900 pages God. to get through and you want to get through it no, as quickly as possible. No, I've got 1,600 pages to get through. So. <laughs> it's fu- I'm on like page 680-something out of 2,500 it sucks, bro. Yep, the wheel it, of I, lots of pages. Yeah. Dude, it's brutal. But, you know, that's, that's how it is. So, yeah. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean, I just, I had so much fun. Thank you to everybody who was part of the weekend. Thank you to the pit guys for running that. Uh, I, I really hope we get to go to another one. And uh, um, I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. Shout out to Robert Wilson for the chicken dip that we're going to be at. Are you locked into that? I mean... I booked my flight already. I have my hotel room and my flight. Alright, I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go. You heard it here. We're going to be at the Buffalo Chicken Dip November 11th? November 12th? That one of those two days. Whatever the Saturday is. 11-12. Yeah. All right, bro, that's a wrap. That was good. Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 147. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the uh, Cube Drafting, uh, soon-to-be Cube Drafting Tom Smiley, and we're here to uh, talk about Legacy. Yeah, I'm going over to my buddy's my buddy Matt's house tomorrow with Robert Wilson, who's in from Ohio, to Vintage Cube Draft. It should be fun. It'd be nice if you didn't uh, bail out. And you could be there. He flew all the way from Ohio to cube draft with you. And you're like, nah. Bro, I do feel like shit about that. So, <laughs> so like, a couple people asked me to do things on Saturday. And I was like, man, I feel like there's something. So I asked Courtney. I was like, is there something we're supposed to do on Saturday? She's like, no. You know, you can do whatever. And I was like, all right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm totally spaced, bro. I'm, I'm sorry about that. You're but, good. It should be fucking. it should be fun. My uh I have my kids, so he's gonna hang out with his kids and um it should be a good time. Oh sick. I'm moving. I'm moving next week too, so I have like boxes packed behind me. I have a week and a half before like professional development starts for school and I have like three or four days to get everything turned around and uh and like moved in and everything. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy next week for me. What town are you moving to again? Uh, Bradford. And so, what's your street? What's your street address for the listeners? Uh, you, nobody, nobody needs to Zillow it. I'm single dad right. now, and right. I'm, <laughs> I'm a broke it. teacher, single dad. So no, we don't need to. We don't need to look at anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, uh, how, how I've been golfing a lot, bro. Like a, a ridiculous amount, honestly. Like I've got really back into it, and uh, dude, this drought we're having is fucking crazy. Yeah, just looking at the fields when I've been driving around has been insane too. I actually got convinced to get back into golf when I was uh, I was at Trillium on a on a date and some random guy at the like her, overheard the conversation 
that I was having. And he's like, yeah, like I did, I just got back into it last year. Like you definitely need to. And he's like, I'm gonna leave you guys alone now. <laughs> so you're basically but, just trying to drop that you had a date with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to give too many details, but I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'll talk to you about it off the cast, but I'm like right. the luckiest person um, yeah. in the world. So, yep. Wow. All right. That's, that's uh, okay. Good for you, man. So yeah, we had a, uh, our guest, we have a guest today, obviously, and he said uh, this morning that he was uh, all burned out. What did he say? Burned off? Burned out? Something like that? And I thought it was a joke about fire alarms, bro. I thought that he was uh, making a joke about fire alarms because he's an astute listener. And, uh, yeah, we have uh, Kramer on this episode. That was, like, the worst fucking segue I've ever had. I didn't know where I was that, going with that it. That was a really bad intro. We haven't had a lot of practice with it lately, though, so forgive him everybody <laughs> dude yeah I, I really honestly i don't feel like natural doing this right now it's, it's been like five weeks hasn't it your sniff your sniff before the um before the start of the cast wasn't wasn't the same as it usually is too not not everybody understands what happens but like when the editing gets chopped but true true yeah yeah i didn't have a dollar bill <laughs> so yeah basically uh we got Kramer. We're here to talk about, I guess, pre-modern more than anything. I mean, honestly, we got Kramer here. We're going to talk about whatever the fuck, but um, now that's Kramer, basically your, what we play now. Was it your birthday recently? Am I allowed to start talking now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was my birthday recently, July 27th. Happy late birthday. Thank you. Yeah, he's almost as old as you, bro. Kramer's an that's, old one. That's scary. That's scary. You're older than me, Tom. Uh, yeah, I'm forty. I'm forty-two. Ooh. Yep. And yeah, actually, I'm only, I'm only forty-one, so your age is ahead of me. Yeah. Um, I was playing tennis yesterday with my friend Jeremy, Jeez. and he's a few years older than me. And the age, the age bug hit him. We were playing, and he like tore his calf muscle on the court, <laughs> so he like he like could barely walk. Field the next yeah. day, Jesus. Might as well, might as well be in a wheelchair. I thought you guys like, played magic. What the hell are you out there playing tennis for? I'm trying to not be fat. I need to like. I, I got date? myself back on the market. I'm trying to be like athletic and active again. Either that, or your date was like super into tennis, so you're like, hey, I need to call a buddy to like hook me up with some tennis lessons, so I can. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it might have been my date been number two. <laughs> well, if you know Jeremy, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, so. Oh, dude, that's Wait, yeah, is, Jeremy, is Jeremy the one I played Alpha with at Jim's house? No, no, that's a different dude. I don't that's think you Pat. know. You probably don't know Jeremy. That was Pat, Pat, right? Yeah, Pat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, Tom is like living this active lifestyle. Like, I, I feel like I don't recognize you anymore, bro. I know all about. He's at he's at Trillium. He's golfing. I know this dude. Yeah, I've been I've been out like more times in the last month and a half, two months than I have in like the last five years put together, and it's been it's been a really good summer. I'm I'm enjoying it, but I actually can't wait to talk about Premodern Two because for like for the first time in 15 years, I saw like a Mike Flores article on an Oath deck, and I was like, I would like to play that. That reminds me of when I was 15 or whatever. Mike Flores is writing about Premodern. Yeah. Uh, no it shit. was like a th- it was a blue it was a blue green thong glacier thong glaciers oath 
like counter counter control deck and i was like i absolutely love this list and i want to play it i could see you playing oath for sure yeah <laughs> yep yeah, you're a North player for sure. I will have to say it's nice to be on this podcast finally because I've listened to you guys so much that it's nice to finally be in a position where I can tell you to shut the hell up. <laughs> you don't have to tell me to shut up. I never talk. Like the guests come. This is the most talking you, I've you done talk a lot, for in sure. a year. Oh, do I? No, you talk a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shut up now. Do I talk a lot? <laughs> no, you just say bro, and then you don't remember shit. <laughs> You re- I, oh man, I can see when I feel like I don't ever listen to the podcast, but I feel like when I'm on it, I'm talking too much all the time. No, Kramer's the first super fan we've ever had on, bro. I am a super fan. Yeah. T- bro, I had Tom, the t-shirt is on. Car- is t- does Tom Karen's not count as a super fan? Oh no, he's a super fan. That's true. All right, so I sorry he and forget shit. You're right. I had the dead format t-shirt on last night in bed, and I was like, damn, I should have kept this clean for tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. Like I woke up in the morning. You know, we, you wake up in the morning sometimes. You're like, I don't even remember what T-shirt I'm wearing. And you look down and you're like, Oh, that's right. You know, it was a dead format one. I was gonna wash it, but it got kind of lazy. I ordered a pair of dead format shorts and I got them and I oh, put them geez. on and I was like, This is fucking awesome. Really? And then I realized that uh, they're dead format like... shorts. Oh yeah, they're de- they're dead format shorts and they're <laughs> sick. But I feel bad wearing them out of the house, so now I just like use them as pajamas, and they're still great. Yep. Yep. Yeah, my bro, that's wife, pretty sick. My wife got me a pair of like basketball shorts, but they're like, it's like netted basketball shorts, but it's like cloth, like cotton or something. And she made me throw them out because every time we are out in public and I was wearing them, my junk would just be like all over the place. And she was like, you can't, you can't do this anymore. You have to throw them away. <laughs> I was like, you bought them for me. I don't want to get rid of them. You bought them for me. And she's like, it's kind of embarrassing. You have to just get rid of those. So <clears throat> that's my short story. Yeah, it's a problem, man, for guys like us, you know? Exactly. It's not a problem yeah. for some of the other guys we hang out with, Ian, but for you and I, for sure. Yeah. And I would say, probably say it would be a problem for Tom, too. Isn't he like... It's a safe bet, right? I mean, Tom, aren't a... you like 6'10"? I'm between 6'4 and 6'5. Maybe 6'6 now if you count the hair because, like, the Whoa. flow the flow is coming in. Oh, yeah. How, goes, how's, the oh, bun, how's the bun going? It's coming. It's it's in a full bun now, but uh, it still needs it still needs to uh, work on the length. Yeah. But and when got, I work... You've got a head of hair, too, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been bartending, so I've been working at the brewery. We have, like, like, trucker hats with the brewery logo on it, and it's, like, all out the... I look... I look like I should be driving like an F two fifty in Alabama with uh with the flow coming out of the back of the trucker hat. It's glorious. Okay. Well I have a F two fifty, so yes. if you go. ever want if you ever want to borrow it, let me know. He's moving in ten days, so what be careful what you wish for. <laughs> what are you doing going on dates if you're a bartender? What so I <laughs> One, I started to bartend because I'm like, shit, I need to pay for everything myself now, and I need fucking money because I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, honestly, I, I started to do that right after I moved out just so I would have something to do, and it's been uh, it's been super fun. That's cool. Yeah, bro. I miss your new place, if your new place needs a bathroom, let me uh, look at that tabernacle, and you might be able to uh, get a new bathroom out of it. So I sold, I, uh, I sold the tabernacle... 
to raise funds for everything. So the tabernacle's mm-hmm. gone, unfortunately. But I'm I'm definitely upgrading just the toilet. So I need to have somebody tell me what the rough in is on the uh, on the the actual toilet, so I can get somebody to come and install it. Is the one that comes with the house that has like a weight limit or something? Or no, it's like okay. So <laughs> I'm like a, like I'm big, right? Like I'm a tall guy. Yeah. And it's one of those like uh, very short, like small circular. You know what I'm saying? Like the the kind of toilet for like you gotta aim despite yeah, it, your position. Yeah, just not not what I need. So yeah, yeah, the squatty potty. (laughs) We're not we're not sponsored, so we we shouldn't talk about (laughs) squatty potty. I'm having brainstorm brewery flashbacks, but no, I just like upgrading the toilet at my old house was like the best like overall dollar upgrade that I ever made. Wait, she got the toilet in the divorce? No, we sold we sold the house, but yeah. Oh, you left the toilet? Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't take it with me. Yeah, anything anything bolted down, you can't you can't take with you. That's so yeah. weird about that's that's a weird thing about Ian too, because he has like no idea about common things like that. Like, why the hell would you take a toilet with you if you move? Bro, because they bought it. They added yeah, it to the house. Yeah, but like, what if what happens if you buy a house and you walk in there and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Oh man, I gotta go to the bathroom. You go in there, there's no toilet. And you're like, the friggin' cheapskates. I don't know if you know this, but the sink and the shower are both also toilets. I do know that. <laughs> I've been a bachelor before, too. I was going to also say, why the hell is Tom even buying a new toilet? Just go outside <laughs> or get a litter box or something. I bet you Tom has like six cats anyways. I have. One I bet there's cat, a, a stack but... of Gatorade bottles in that bedroom. Full. Oh, Jesus. Totally full. full. Yeah, you got to smell it before you drink it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to have that supply when you're playing video games, right? Because, like, you can't pause it. Yeah, bro. So, that's how it is. Yeah. Tell, tell my wife. She doesn't get it. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we got to get back to magic. So, so let me tell a story real quick. This is how I met Kramer, right? I'm at, <laughs> I'm at gaming, et cetera. In round one, I'm at table one. I get paired with this dude. I've never seen this guy before. He was like, seemed like he was new to the store or whatever. He seemed like he was from like the deep south, like the deep, deep south. I get, and when we shuffle up, turn one, he plays a bizarre bag. Jesus. And I'm just like, uh, yep, <laughs> you got a bizarre. And he passes turn. And, you know, we just sort of played the game. I didn't really say anything about it until after the game. But that dude, that's one of my uh, that's one of my favorite legacy game et cetera memories is when you played that fucking bizarre bag. Me? I don't even know what deck you were playing. Me? Mm hmm. Are you sure? Dude, you don't, do you not remember this? I, I had a bizarre for a while, but I don't yeah. remember ever putting it in a deck. Yeah, dude, you played it in Legacy, like on dude, turn one. Yeah, I could actually probably see that from me because I'm like autistic when it comes to like deck building. Like I have so many, I put so many decks together all the time. I don't even know like what the fuck is going on in Magic. And then I after, even, I barely well, know how after to play the game. game. After the game, you you know you lost the game. You didn't really say anything friendly or Odd. anything. <laughs> then you you just went up to the counter and sold your bazaar. <laughs> no, okay. So you're talking about somebody else then. You're thinking really? of somebody else then. And you have yeah, because you have that bullshit thing Face that uh, 
Yeah, exactly. No, that was somebody else, dude. Because I sold dude, I my. I thought that was you. No, it wasn't me. Oh, I sold. Uh, I sold the bazaar to um, this Asian kid that was in NEOS. He lives in Connecticut. I forget his name. But I got. Oh no, argument. dude. No, I can tell I, you this. I really I can think it that. was you. No, it wasn't me because I did definitely didn't sell it to Game Etc. But neither did the neither did that kid because the there was only like some high school kid behind the register. He's like, I can't buy cars. Okay, well then maybe it was me then. Yeah. But I, I really that, think that, it was, but N E O S. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. Um, <laughs> no, I got uh, the way I got my bizarre quick story is I just I went on Facebook Marketplace and people were selling baseball cards and I just ran. I asked. Like everybody that was selling baseball cards, if they had any magic cards, and one person wrote back and was like, "Yeah, I live in Lowell. Come, come over and check them out." And I'm like, "Well, send me some pictures first. Dude, he sent me these pictures with like Zara Baghdad, all the Elder Dragons, Mirror Universe. Um, there were so many other cards. It was so long ago, I forget. Like um, two Eurekas." Um, it had Angus McKenzie, it had Gwendolyn DeCourcy, it had um, Tetsuo, and he was. I was like, how much do you want for it? He's like, 250 And I'm like, okay, I'll come by and give you 250 And I grabbed it, he gave it to me, it was, rain, it was pouring rain. He gave it to me in like a, a sandwich bag of like all these cards, and like just opened the, like, I opened the screen door or whatever, and he opened the front door the main door and then just like handed me the bag and i handed him the money and then i left i've been um, in many situations where deals happen like that and then i yeah and then i got life. back into the car and i just like looked through them and i was like holy shit this really happened and i could like barely drive home um, that's crazy bro yeah and then i got in an argument with my wife about some stupid shit i ended up selling like the whole binder for like a thousand bucks to somebody in an EOS. But this was in like 20, this was like 2017 or 18 or something like that. Yeah. We valued the bazaar at like, at that time, like 600. It was beat to shit. I mean, all the cards were basically damaged anyways. Like the two Eurekas actually had like water damage on them, but I still sold them for, fuck i don't know like uh, 300 each or something like that yeah i don't know but i used that money later on to just buy into alpha which ian and i <clears throat> had a short experience with with Bro, alpha i still 40. play well, alpha. you still no you still have alpha you don't still play alpha well yeah i don't i don't play but i don't play it either i don't play it either because the format's just i don't know maybe that's a different topic for a different episode but it's just, uh, it's really fun in the beginning, and then once you start optimizing alpha decks, it just gets to, you end up, <clears throat> like, just going against, like, blue-white control and, like, uh, red burn or, like, green stompy, and then it's just like, okay, this is basically just every other format that I've played, but with 40 cards instead of 60. So it's just way easier to win, I guess. Bro, well, the, I mean, the cards are just too expensive. That's the, I don't know any of that shit, but the cards are, are like, ridiculous now. Like, yeah, the cards are ridiculous, but, like, if you... Well, we got into Alpha, dude. How much were... Lands were, like, between 5 and $10. Yep. Yep. 
How much now are they're they like now? 50 bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure islands are like 100. Yeah, see, that's Depending crazy. Like, oh, so you're, you know you're talking about like $4,000 for the worst deck imaginable. Right. right. And so yeah. it's like it's not, not even real to right. – that's yeah. probably what I paid for my deck, you know? Right. Right. Do any of those decks play Unsummon? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Dude, I, got, I still have an Alpha 60 black – blue that has four on summon in it um, you saw that brain geyser oh yeah i won't sell that oh, dude. Shit. nice yep. tom did you know i bought ian's alpha brain geyser i didn't i i didn't know it was alpha either what's up i said i didn't know it was alpha i thought i didn't know that ian had an alpha one that's kind of cool yeah he yeah, bought it for 600 i remember uh him showing up at gaming etc with it he was so excited he's like bro look at this shit and yeah, everyone, I was like, I everyone was like on their knees. <laughs> and then like we all look at each other while we're on our knees and we're like, he's going to fucking top deck this like turn 10. Every time. Every time, dude. Um, yeah. So. Oh, no, go ahead. No, and, and then I ended up buying it from Ian for a lot more than 600 a couple years ago. Yeah, bro. So basically pre-modern. I never wanted to play it because old school, like, had nostalgia for me. Like, you know, I, I played yeah. back in that, that time, so I would, like, I oh, I wanted to build this deck I could never afford when I was a kid or whatever. Or I wanted to try this thing. And, like, I always thought that I liked old school because of that nostalgia factor. And that's why I never got into pre-modern because, like, from 98, yeah, I wasn't playing after that. So, like... I didn't know a lot of these cards and I was just like, you know, I don't have any nostalgic attachment to these cards, right. but it turns out like what I realized is that it's honestly more of an aesthetic attachment that I had to old school and that I have to pre-modern because like I'm building these decks now and they're so fucking beautiful. Yep. Like, even though I, I don't have a nostalgic attachment to these cards, like I'll just be like in my room all right. day, like while I'm working shuffling and like yep. I'll draw a, car, a hand and it's like, like treetop yeah. village, spirit monger, cabal therapy, like yeah. all these old card frames, you know, and yeah. like the aesthetic is just so appealing. Like Tom, you you probably played during that time, right, Tom? I gotta, I did. I'm gonna go grab, grab a beer real quick. You guys can chat. Yeah, I I did. So looking at all the pre-modern cards, like the Flores list that I'm looking at is like Manalik, Impulse, Counterspell, Intuition, Oath. Like, uh, it's literally all the cards that I played back in the day. Like, there's even a capsize in Forbid, and I, like, 100% yeah, yeah. remember, like, counter-locking people with Whispers of the Muse and Forbid. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it looks like a fun format. Again, I just haven't played in... I haven't had time to play that much, and if I am going to play, it's going to be Legacy. So, I 100% agree with you with, like, the aesthetics of the deck list. Like, looking at all of those cards, that's, like... I started really playing competitively like around that time. Yeah. So like uh, there was a Ben Stark quote a long time ago that I always remember where somebody was like talking about like the magic story and he was like, wait a second, you're telling me that they're, they write stories about like the dinosaurs on the cards. And somebody was like, yeah, you know, and it turned into like this whole thing where he's like, Oh, I uh I would play magic if it was just, you know, names and numbers on cards. I don't need the art. I don't need the 
story any you know anything like that and i always agreed with that sentiment right like i I only cared about how much fun the game system itself was but in reality that's not true that's not the only thing that matters to me is what i've come to realize or maybe i'm just getting old and my testosterone level is going down oh dude uh, don't let your testosterone go down bro it's not really i'm just just saying that steak and eggs and (laughs) push-ups bro i uh so yeah, I mean, like the the aesthetic really does have something, you know, have some sort of hold over me, and I think that that's really this episode. I think uh, is it, sort of like what I think is best to focus on is the aesthetic because like Kramer's actually a, a very good deck builder, but like you don't like building good decks, you know? Like, right. I, you uh, you like the aesthetic, right? I like the aesthetic. Um... I also like how it's a closed format. Like, I hate keeping up with new shit coming out for new sets for other formats. Um, like, you and I played Pioneer for a little while, and then it was just like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. there's like too much shit going on. Like, we're done with this. Like, it was it was fun for a little while. But pre-modern is great, I think, because one, it's a closed format, and two... There's a, it's a close, it's, it has a lot of cards you can play with and you can brew around. And that's, I feel like what I am as a player when it comes down to it is like a brewer that sees a card as a Timmy player and like wants to build around it. Like Tombstone Stairwell. I found one at my local dump. And I'm like this, he, mean, he means dump. He doesn't mean LGS. He means actually at the dump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like yeah, the place where we put trash. I found a tombstone stairwell, and I read it. I probably read it. I had to have read it like ten times. And I'm like, this is cool. Like this is a card you could build around. And I like that about pre-modern. Um, but like you said, I was never attached to any of these cards. I started in '94 at revised, and I had a short stint in Magic um, because Bro, I, tell him why you quit. Tell tell Tom tell the audience why you quit playing Magic. Okay, so I played from '94 and revised, and I'll tell the very quick story about getting into it. I was on a playground in seventh grade in '94, and we're playing on this little playground at, at recess. And my buddy's like, "Hey, there's this game coming out called Magic: The Gathering. Are you guys interested in it?" And one of the other guy was like, well, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's like this Dungeons and Dragons card game. And we were like, yeah, sure, why not? So he told us to bring in, I think it was 20 bucks the next day for a starter deck and one or two booster packs. And we, we would play at his house like for the whole weekend. And I was hooked after that but it was a short stint like i said because i stopped at homelands um i bought a lot of a lot of dark a lot of fallen empires a little bit of legends i didn't get any packs of arabian nights um and a lot of ice age when homelands came out i wanted to complete the set so i was buying packs my dad my parents were divorced at that time so my dad would just buy me magic cards to keep me happy yeah, you listen, I was doing the same thing with Pokemon cards for my kid. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Take my advice, and if you can, if there's a card that your kid can't find, just 
buy the card outright because my father <laughs> bought me packs <laughs> hoping that I would find this one card out of the set that I couldn't get. Do you remember which card it was? I don't even know to this day. I don't know what card it was. I don't know what card oh, it was. Our but theory I, dude, is I, that it didn't exist. Like, it wasn't a real card. Dude, yeah. I mean, there must have been a glitch in the Matrix or something because I... And dude, I mean, I my dad bought me... Realistically, looking back, I would say, like, at least 100 packs. Of, of a set like Homelands, which is like of 96 like cards Homelands. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just, like... I actually blame my dad for not realizing that he could just like talk to the shop owner and be like, what <laughs> card does this fucking kid need so I can be done with this? Like, Jesus. Yeah, I still don't yeah, know what bro. it was. I still don't know what it was. But it's also <laughs> nice that, I mean, Homelands is, is legal and pre-modern too, even though there's no playable cards from Homelands and pre-modern. Yeah, I remember there was a pro tour and one of the requirements of deck building was you had to have five cards from each right. of the legal expansions and like right. everybody was just putting serrated arrows in because it was like the least offensive card yeah you could put it in any deck but they also did that because homelands are so terrible and they also got a lot of flack beforehand for uh fallen empires and so they're like all right we need to like basically force these people to play these cards bro like, i like that i'll our, defend that our... i'll defend that till like the last day i think that that format was fucking amazing I'm so surprised like the, necro, the necro format or the five cards from each thing. Five cards from each from each uh, set. You had to have, you know, like yeah. yeah, the serrated arrow is kind of stupid, but like it made you, you know, deck build differently. Like it well, was I mean, a, this I think, added. Layer. I think it necro, made you deck build differently in a way. Like that necro necro was legal, so I don't know if that was a great format. It was like black red necro versus what like like bat, uh, Armageddon like green white Urnumgeddon decks. Yeah, land, really there was land tax. There were no tutors in that format. So it was like um there was like a like a land tax uh Geddon deck. There was the Necro deck that you're talking about. But I don't know, man. I, I really liked that format personally. Yeah, but it made you build a deck that was basically like suboptimal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know... It's, In retrospect, it's like kind of the way I do like to play Magic. Not necessarily suboptimal, but like more fun, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's why I like pre-modern so much. And I've like <clears throat> taken a step back away from old school. Um, Dude, old okay. school just like... It just feels like it, there's no point to playing anymore, you know? In old school? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the problem with old school, like our good friend... Andrew says is like it's the same what 30 cards and then they splash something in there to make it quote unquote spicy and then like everybody loses their shit and it's the the talk of the town for a couple days or whatever um I think it's just like it just got stale like it's just not fun to play anymore the nostalgia was there in the beginning but once you like really get into old school and start grinding out games and like going to lobster con you realize like this is almost like every other format where it's basically solved and if you're not playing like a top tier deck you're just wasting your time and you're wasting the other person's time 
So it's that's like, one of the things about about pre-modern, bro. I, I don't even know if it is solvable. Like I, I really I don't, don't think know. I don't think it is either because there's so many sets. If for the people that are listening that don't know what pre-modern sets are, it goes from fourth edition to Scourge. I don't know how many sets offhand are in in between those, but it's a lot. And there's a lot of cards. And you can't play Portal because it had like the different um, text in the cards. Um, so you can't play like Ancient Craving, I think it is. Like pay three life, draw three cards. Or um, Tutor or whatever. Yeah, there's a bunch of – there's some really good Portal cards that um, that would be fun to play. But anyways, there's a huge card pool. And even though it's a closed format, you can do a lot of cool stuff in it. And I think you can catch people off guard with um, homebrews that you typically wouldn't be able to pull off in old school. Um, I mean, there's a quite a, like an extensive band list also. Like you can't play Force of Will. You can't play... Um, Brainstorm? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I don't think you can play Brainstorm. Yeah, I mean, um, that's why I didn't want to play the format at first, because it's like, oh, Force of Will and Brainstorm are banned? This is... This is- yeah, it's like God forbid, but, God forbid the, the blue deck has some restrictions to it. Yeah, now I actually like it. Like I understand why they made that decision, and yeah. I think it was a good idea in retrospect. Yeah. I, I want to play Organ Grinder in pre-modern. Is that a card? <laughs> yes, it is a card. It's a um, it's a zombie from I forget what set, but you exile three cards from your graveyard. You tap it, exile three cards from your graveyard, and target opponent loses three life. And it's a 3-1. I think Fair it's for three also. It's not the worst. It's not the worst, but it's like it's something that um, is probably Is unplayable. that William? Yeah, that's William. Yeah, in the back. Damn, bro. He's, he's going nuts. Dude, he's in a Star, he's in a star Wars kick. And oh, he's just jumping everywhere, dude. And you I accidentally make, showed him. I ac- we accidentally up. we accidentally watched Kung Fu Panda today, and he jumped from one couch to the other when I was laying like on the couch and landed right on my nuts. <laughs> and he was like, "You be Kung Fu Panda, I be Kung Fu Panda," and I'm like, "Dude, both of us can't be Kung Fu Panda. Get off of me." It's a, yeah, legend rule. He needs to learn about the legend rule. Yeah, exactly. There can only be one. Now we're getting into Commander. We're not going to do that. We're never going to do that, except you, you're doing that now. I mean, I'm doing that because my friends do that. Like, Ian, if you jump off a bridge, I'll be there, bro. <laughs> it's true. There's so nothing it's like, wrong with having a Commander deck and playing with your friends. No, there you isn't. The problem, with, the problem is when you're, when you're a Magic player, it's like a drug, and you like get into it a little bit, and then you're like, okay... I'm going to make this one commander deck to play with my friends once every couple months or whatever. And then you see this card spoiled and you're like, Oh, that would be a cool card to build around. I know a great card that would go with that commander. And then you end up spending like $500 when you're drunk one night (laughs) building this freaking commander deck that you're never going to play. And half of the cards are terrible anyways. But I, I feel that. And Ian, I, I don't have a commander deck anymore. Uh, I broke apart my mono white deck that I had um, when I trimmed down my collection. Mm-hmm. Mono white, really? Yeah, I was playing Heliod, um, and I guess in the competitive EDH, there's like a mono white Heliod stacks deck that um, 
that like won some large tournament and i was like oh that's really cute to okay. play play a I format mean, like that and just like try to tax the shit out of your opponents commander is fun if you're playing it with friends and you're just like hanging out drinking beers and you're getting loaded and you don't really have to worry about like how the game is going to go and if you're going to win or not or if you're even going to get your commander out i guess like you just like having fun it's just like <clears throat> you mean playing commander at like magic's 30th anniversary where you yeah. sit down and like you get a pack for every person you knock out isn't going right. to be fun are you saying are you saying that's not the best way to play commander <laughs> yeah i think as it actually goes like goes with every format i think magic is only as fun as the people you play it with and I think that's why I got into old school um, in the first place, uh, because I, I met such you know like a, such a great person like Ian, who has mentored me through the years. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I think back to myself sometimes, like two thirty in the morning when I can't sleep, I'm like, what the fuck did I do? What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bro, do you ever wake up like panicked, like fucking absolutely panicked after like you drink? You know what? Um, I talked to you about this before, like privately, and I'm not afraid to like talk about it here on the podcast. But I never had anxiety before in my whole life. My brother has it like really, really bad, and I ended up like going into a market basket over the winter. This it was like last winter right before like the huge storm hit the Northeast. And I thought I was going to like have a heart attack and die. And I went outside and like had to take my jacket off. It was like 15 degrees. And I like finally calmed down and Tim ended up telling me, he's like, yeah, that's like a panic attack. But um, a little bit after that, before I went to the doctor to try to figure out what was wrong, because I didn't even know it was like something to do with a panic attack or anxiety or something. Um, I went to the doctor and they shit. Now I lost my train of thought. They, um, ask you how much you drink. They asked, no, oh, they did it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. The drink, they asked me how much I drink and I'm like, Oh, not that much. Like six or eight beers in a day, which was a lie because it's more like 10 or 12. And they're like, yeah, that's a lot. But, um, yeah, I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, holy shit, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, freaking out until they gave me, like, some drug. I forget what it was. Zoloft, I think. And then everything went away. But you know what? Honestly, dude, the biggest thing that got rid of my anxiety was uh, being in the sunlight. Yeah. It's like, I do, I do landscape. When you guys were talking about in the beginning of the podcast about, like, things being burnt out, meaning, like, all the grass is, like, has gone dormant. And it's all like brown everywhere. So there's like not much to do. Um, but this all happened over the winter. But once the spring came and I was outside again, like working, moving my muscles and like getting sunlight, everything went away. And I actually stopped taking my uh, Zoloft for like a week. I just totally forgot about it. And I still felt like totally fine. Um, so now I don't even really take it anymore. Um, I, had, I had that panic attack heart attack thing happened to me back on uh saint patrick's day i was mm -hmm. literally making boiled dinner sitting in my sitting in my kitchen mm -hmm. and 
thought that I was having a heart attack and it was just a panic attack. I went to the ER mm-hmm. and everything. It was fucking crazy. Was that yeah. pre or post? It was post. It was very oh. like right after it happened. Yeah. So that's like probably what triggered it. But I like I had never had an experience like that before. Like never had anxiety, never had anything. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, there are people that like yep. have that happen to them on like a regular basis for like little things. And I was like, I yep. can't fucking believe that. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, I'm sunlight and getting that like natural vitamin D was uh, a godsend for sure. It was like, holy shit, this is what I needed. I just needed more. Yeah. Sunlight. I don't really have, um, I did, I did, had a panic attack once in 2008, but, um, I don't know what that was about, honestly. But um, probably when Obama I, got elected. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I, Dude, I got to throw something in there. I'll shoot, I'll shoot out of bed, like yeah. yeah. I'll shoot out of bed, terrified. Like yeah. Like I'll have this moment of clarity. Like it's like it's almost like tripping, you know, because like you have whatever dream chemical goes through your brain, mm-hmm. like um. I'll be like, oh my god, I play Magic the Gathering. Like, I'm playing, like, like this card. Like, that, that's just one example of something I could be thinking at the time. But it, that, this definitely happened before with Magic. Like, I could see like, you wait, busting what? out of bed with a panic attack because, like, uh, Death Right Shaman was banned. <laughs> that was a tough week. Yeah, dude, that's such a good card. I miss that's that a really good card. I miss that guy. I played yeah. it in Prima. I played him in what was that format called? Pioneer. Pioneer. Dude, you got is Pioneer still going on? Do you guys do you guys have any idea? I I don't know. I haven't been to a Pioneer event in a long time. I think the last one that I was at was probably with you. Well, I was uh, thinking about like selling my Pioneer cards. That's why I was wondering because like I went to it, a Pioneer Modern Legacy team event. I think it's still like a thing. Okay. So the cards are still going up or whatever? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea what the cards are doing, but I know that people are... The cards are going, what, up in price? No, I, I guess, like, the cards aren't worthless is, it would be a better way to put it. Like, I don't think they're worthless, but um, part of the good cards... I don't cards think anything's going up, really. Yeah, I don't... Uh, the cards that we were playing when you and I were playing Pioneer are definitely not at the prices they were then. Okay. They're way lower for sure. Like, remember that Ox of Agonis I was playing in red? Oh, yeah. I mean, that card's sick. I love that card. Yeah, I still love that card. I actually think, like, you could play it in Legacy, but maybe you'll lose, like, a couple followers if I say that. But <laughs> it was like, what did I pay for that? I'd probably send you a screenshot. It was probably, like, five or six dollars a piece and i bought a play set of them and now they're like 75 cents yeah which is another reason why i hate like these like newer formats because it's just like i don't want to keep up with this shit i don't want to lose money well dude it's brutal right now because like chandra when chandra torch of defiance came out i was like okay this is like the red jace i'm gonna buy three of these because i'm gonna yeah. play them someday and I did play two of them at GP Seattle, but like, I think that's the only time I ever like cast the card. And now yeah. it's worth like four dollars because they like yeah. reprinted it and printed better shit. It's yeah. like the cards don't have the longevity that they have. If I played, before, yeah, you know? I played Torture Defiance and Pioneer in my red deck, and 
I think I paid like almost $20 a piece. I think I only bought two, but um, still. But they're like five bucks now, right? Yeah, but I'm just I, I'm just not used to those swings because I was I've always been in like alpha and old school where it's like okay you buy something today and it's going to be worth more tomorrow, basically. Yeah, or at least the same, right? It's not going to be refreighted out sure. from under you. Right. Yeah. It's not like you're never going to see underground C go from whatever it is to you're not going to see an underground C for like 150 bucks or something. Dude, like Dark Confidant is one I think about a lot because, like, I bought Ravnica Tar- Dark Confidants. Tar- oh, dude, Tarmogoyf's an even better example. I bought those at, I don't know, 110 maybe? And they're, what are they, like 20 bucks now? I think they're, they're like half that. I could be wrong. Yeah. Dude, but that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Dude, I mean, even when Modern Masters 20, was it 2017? The second one? No, that's the third one. I think it was Modern Masters 2017. With Fetchlands? That had Tarmogoyf in it? Yeah, it had Fetchlands. Yeah. yeah Tarmogoyf was in that set, and I remember cracking those packs. Before, that This is... And I think it was in that set for the second time. That was the second time it was reprinted in Modern Masters, Third right? time. Third. And, um, it, was in, okay. it was in every Modern Masters. What else was in there? Um, what's the uh, What's the blue card? Almost looks like T Wu. If any anybody knows T Wu from back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, Snapcaster Mage. Snapcaster Mage is in there too. Yeah. Dude, so my I cracked a Snapcaster Mage and a Tarmogoyf, and I sold them for like a shitload of money, relative to like what I paid for the box. But it paid for the box. But now, like, I don't know how much Snapcaster is, but yeah, Tarmogoyf. Yeah, remember being able to like crack a box, sell the singles, and then profit like fifty bucks and buy another box? Oh yeah, dude. I mean like, I remember those I remember those times buying, are over. Yeah, like like I said, I went I started at ninety four, I stopped at Homelands. I didn't get back into magic until Eldritch Moon in twenty sixteen. That's and crazy. It is crazy because it's like, geez, you were sober for a long time, bro. Why did you get back in? Like why did you hit that? Why did you hit that pipe again? Um, but I remember, yeah, being able to just like buy boxes and crack them and like sell them to the standard uh, goons. Yeah, the store when I came back to start playing Magic again, the store that I played at gave out like ridiculous prizes for F and M, and you could use store credit on sealed stuff. So I would buy boxes, keep the fetch lands, sell everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy boxes like it was just like an infinite every week i was turning stuff over and it was awesome. yeah yeah i mean verdant catacombs in modern masters 2017 was like 40 bucks or something like that i think they're like 20 now or something dude that box the fetch lands were still expensive maybe not no that dude one. they're not like, like yeah they're i mean it's dude i went to game etc in march i went to game etc in marsh flats for 15 bucks yeah Cons, cons flooded strands are forty five dollars. Wow. I can see that. Cons was the original printing though, right? Or before? No, no, no it was cons was a way later reprint. Yeah. Yeah, onslaught was the original. Yep. Yeah. I wonder okay. if that's interesting. Are, I wonder if so people maybe the Zenda like, maybe the Zendikar fetches tanked, but no, like the uh, Scalping Heart. 
Okay, yeah, I guess the Zendikar ones have been reprinted more because Scalding Tarn's only like twenty. Yeah, it's crazy how low they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the same. Yeah, I uh, I think like that box of Time Spiral reshifted or whatever the fuck it was called. Remember when that set was spoiled and Tom, you yep. were like, "Oh, there's a special on boxes. Grab one." And I did, and you were right. Like the boxes like doubled in price over the next week. Yeah, and you, but, couldn't, you couldn't get them. Yes, it, that all happened, and I was glad that you uh, recommended me buying that box. But I paid, like, I don't know, 140 for it or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I, like, haven't looked at the cards at all, obviously. And I was, like, looking through my stuff to sell to Rodney. And so I was like, oh, there's this card, this card, this card. Like, I pulled out the cards I thought were expensive, like, you know, Lotus Bloom. I don't know. Dude, there's no card in that box that I opened that's worth more than $2. Well, when the set originally got released, it absolutely was. But they started to do way more reprints with, like, the old Border style. Because, like, the hype was like, oh, shit, you can get an old Border Ponder. And, like, those cards were like, yeah. those were $15 commons or whatever. Uh, and that that soaked up most of the prices of those boxes. And I, if I remember correctly, they released, like, three more waves of those. And kind of, like, printed it into the ground, but not from the beginning. So all that hype was there at the beginning, and then everything else sort of got filled in. Okay. I don't know yeah, why. It is got, crazy, bro. I don't know why you guys are so obsessed with the old border cards. I was. They look. They I came back. I, I was driving. I drove back from North Carolina a couple uh, a week ago, and I listened to your podcast, and I was catching up on episodes, and you guys were like going hard on how awesome these old border cards were. It's just like they're almost like. This might be like uh, heresy, but it's they're like basically like almost proxies if you're thinking about them in the old border style. Like, well, that's how I end up feeling, honestly. Um, and it's funny because our unreleased episode 135 with Nate, we actually talked about this at length, Kramer. Like what you're talking about okay. right now. Okay. Uh, we had this debate. Like, would you play? is is the right version of ponder because nate's a purist nate's like you know kind of like one of us he's he's not but he is and he um he's like he had the absolute wrong take i don't remember i don't remember his take well, so i said I, I we were ranking our favorite versions of ponder for like which ones you played and yeah i i was like okay the new old border ones i think look the best then three ball ponder then no. fish ponder and it's absolutely. I have signed fish right. ones that I play with, Under. but like the because only because I don't have the play set of the old bordered ones. I think the old bordered ones look so much better, and I think the three balls look better than the fish. See, I, just, I don't like the old border. I, I do like the old border three balls more than like the M10 three balls or whatever. But like the original is like the rookie card. You know what I mean? Like. Right. The I I just want the first printing of the card, even if like you know the new frames, and I I might like the new frames if I could do my whole deck in the new frames and have it be like consistent. But with like when we went to that tournament, uh, in DC last year, like there was no old border Ragavan, there was no old border Murktide Regent, there was no old border Stoneforge Mystic. So like, I couldn't do my whole deck like that. Yeah. So like, well, I mean, it didn't none really of the make magic a difference. Cards match anymore anyway. So yeah, it drives play, me like, fucking the, crazy. The D and D cover, uh, Den of the <sighs> Bugbear. You might as well not have all your other cards match too. 
That's what's so disgusting is like you can draw a hand with like a D and D cover, an Amonkhet thing, a secret layer cartoon looking card, or a revised yeah. crossover with Doctor Who. They're doing one of like the uh, the crossover sets with Doctor Who now. I feel like it, it's like a tabloid news. Like when I hear this kind of stuff, it's sort of yeah. like you know. Oh, did today. you hear? Did you hear Tom Cruise like fucked his pool boy or whatever? It's like I I don't know or care what even what you're talking about. Like it, okay. it's not even well, like one thing that you might care about. Uh, Force of Will is a reprint in the new set, and no. I, think the, I think the old border Force of Will that they have in this new set coming out is the best looking one. Not better well, than I, my hand painted um, alliances ones, but I'm selling my whole collection. <laughs> Liliana the Veil's getting reprinted too. Yeah, yep, Liliana the Veil's coming back too. Dude, that's. Uh, Is this a buddies. standard set you guys are talking about right now? Yeah, it's yeah. like Dominaria uh, United. United. Yeah. Oh, the one with the Legends cards in it? Yes, uh, the, yeah, the redos like, of the Legends, yeah. Slightly different. Like, there's Sokanars in there. Yep. But, and, um, uh, I, didn't, I didn't read what it did, but Sokanar, I was like, oh, they're putting Sokanar back in. Okay. Sokanar used Bro. to be like, like such an aggressively costed beater. It was a five-five yeah. for five with no drawback. Card was sick. Oh, I mean, it had uh, it, had, it had really upside. good upsides. Yeah, it's got swamp walk, and if you when you cast a black spell, you gain one life. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, Ian. Ian, there's a really cool um, old school format called Brawl, which no. is like an, it, you're saying no. No. Why? Wait, wasn't wasn't Brawl not an old school format? And it was like a it's like not a sixty old. card commander. Yeah, so it's new... yeah, fifty nine cards in your deck, and then you have a commander for your sixtieth card. Um, it was a format introduced a few years ago, um, with you know like regular modern yeah. like, cards or whatever. But I remember the old school like community, yeah, the old yeah, they community, hated it. That there was, they tried to push it out, and they rolled it out at a Grand Prix. Are you talking about old school brawl, or no, are you talking brawl, about like straight brawl now. when they introduced? No, the no, tournament. straight brawl in general, I think died. Yeah, well, they had they had a tournament at a Grand Prix when they were like really trying to push it. And there was like one yeah. person that signed up for it. Yeah, and the guy yeah. just won because. Then what? Yeah, no, I, I read that article. Yeah, yeah, that guy actually like does that all the time. He like researches <laughs> like, terrible formats and just like is the only one that signs up for it and wins. He's like the guy calling the eight times to the radio station yeah. <laughs> to win the tickets to the concert no one wants to go to. Yeah, exactly. Like, I um, but um, Tom, do you remember when a few years ago Ian was talking about uh, doing this dark tournament where you only play cards yeah. in the dark? I do. Okay, so. The same Discord that uh, hosted that tournament um, later on did an old school brawl tournament, and everything in old school was legal. And it was, and I've I've played every single tournament that this Discord has hosted. It's Timmy Talks. I'll just give him a shout out right now because Timmy is pretty cool. And it was the some of the best most fun magic i've played since me ian uh jim not dredge and tim mcmath played ice age that was how, sick. how diverse were like the starting commanders that people picked 
Um, it, does, it doesn't seem like it's that. Deep. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say because you know, like they you're you're broken up in pods. Okay. So like the five that I was up against, um, it's all the I, Legends it, threes, right? What's up? All there's there's like aggressively costed threes in Legends, like. Uh, like Tetsuo Umezawa, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can also play, um, you can also play monocolored commanders. So they designated a few creatures in old school like to be your commander King if you want to play. Yeah, King Solomon for white, um, Ali from Cairo for red. I forget what the blue and the green were. Sinbad. Yeah, blue was Sinbad. I'm sure it's Sinbad and... Uh, and what do you think green thing? would be? If you said it, I would probably know if it was or wasn't. But anyways, but black was um, uh, Uncle Istvan. Oh, okay. And that's who I picked. That's who I picked. I picked Uncle Istvan. And it was um, it was really, really fun. I had a really good time playing that, playing that format. I think you would like it, to, Ian. But... I mean, I played it. I played it plenty. But yeah, I, I never particularly liked it. But I was also playing like Tim when is, we did it at Mogi's. It was yeah. like everybody had the same commander. So it was well, the problem with Mogi's is like it's it's Spike, so it's just like it just takes yeah. all the fun out of it. it Tim, was like we all had the same sixty basically. Yeah, that's the problem with old school. Yeah, it's just like basically the same sixty, and it's just like that's why I got into pre-modern. Let's talk about more pre-modern. <laughs> I just cracked, well, I built. I, I have four decks done. Hmm. What's up? You have four decks done. I have yeah, I have four pre-modern decks. I've been ordering cards like every day. It's giving me like a reason to live at this point. Like I, <laughs> every day I order cards and then like, I go check the mail. And, like, I forgot what cards I ordered. It's actually a problem because I kept, like, forgetting. I yeah. have, like, I have like 16 copies of some cards, like like um, Tranquil Thicket, you know, yeah. cards like that, where, like, yeah. every day I'd be like, oh, I need those. I don't, I did, I, but I'd ordered them the day before and forgot. How many plays? So, what's, the, what's the highest play set you have? Like, what's the, what's the card uh, that you have the most play sets of? Uh, well, I have 40 Ravenous Bailoffs. Oh, Okay, so you got me beat. Aren't those like very like those spiked in price because of the format? Those are the four four for four that you sack a beast and gain four life. Yeah, they didn't yeah. really spike. Are you playing rock? Are you playing black red uh, black green rock? I have. Uh, that's one deck I have. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't actually played that deck yet. Yawn. <laughs> I have that deck. I have. I have like a a hybrid between like. Um, like a Psychotog Grow deck and uh, like a Madness deck. So it's like Careful Study Grow. And then uh, I have obviously Black White. and um, Black White's such a good combination. And Blue White Red I have together. Black Dude, White is cool. I don't have good hippies though. That's bothering the shit out of me. You have good hippies? Yeah, like like the hippies are way too expensive. It's like what what hypnotic specters are you gonna play, right? Yeah, you can play you can play white bordered um, hippies. 
You can, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Do you know what it is about like white border cards for me is like if I have one playset of white border cards, I feel like I need to like go out of my way to get more white border cards into my deck. Yeah. Does that make sense? They make perfect fits with black borders that look pretty good now. Yeah, I feel like that's just like, you might as well like have a strap on when you're like bettering (laughs) your wife. Oh, God. Like, dude, just play the white border. Like, show us your your two inches and get it over with. Dude, like, I, I saw the, I saw those I saw those things before <laughs> I saw those things a couple of years ago and it's like Jesus maybe this game is just like not for me. <laughs> the only time I've seen them somebody had them on like revised dual lands and like revised dual lands with black borders don't look like beta dual lands they look like sharpied revised dual lands you know what I yeah, mean? Like just play the like, dude we're playing Magic the Gathering. Just play the white card, the white bordered cards. Yeah, it's a, I I didn't like the board of fives or whatever they were when they first came out, but maybe they're better now. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like the problem is like FBB cards have really gone up quite a bit. Like I I, I was like, oh, I'll get some cheap FBB hippies. They were like eight dollars last time I looked. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're I like fifty buy, bucks now. Yeah, I tried to buy a, a FBB um, demonic tutor for a deck, and I was like. $65, and it was like, dude, I paid like $30 for my unlimited tutor. I'm not going to pay. Well, pay yeah, that's the thing. The FBBs are like cheaper than the unlimiteds, and there's like hardly, it's not 2x to go to beta. So, like, I was like, should I just buy beta hippies then? Yeah, you're like going 100? down the wormhole. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, wait, why am I spending $400 on fucking hypnotic specters? Like, what am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, obviously, pre-modern has had some effect on card prices because the FBBs have just gone fucking insane. Yeah. No, pre-modern is a cool format. I um, I like building decks in pre-modern. Yeah, I've been looking through the deck lists, and this survival recurring nightmare deck is literally something that I played in standard back in the day. Damn. There's like a few different choices with the reanimator targets, but that engine of like wall of blossoms wall of roots survival and recurring nightmare like was absolutely something i played although it was uh it was blue and had trade with rider and things like that is that the deck you were playing when you found out you had diabetes no magic wasn't i found out i had diabetes before jesus tom you got the beatus yeah i got the type the type one 30 32 years running bro you need a you need two ribeye steaks every day Six eggs, 100 push-ups. <laughs> You'll be able to clear, clear, clear you right up. I thought you were at a magic tournament and, like, Huey Jensen had to take you to the hospital or something. No, I had already had it for a long time after that. But it was oh. Pro, Tour, Pro Tour New York in 98, where I left my insulin at the hotel and was just money drafting. And, like, 24 hours later, I crashed. Gotcha. Yep. So you weren't playing survival that day? I was not surviving that day. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah, I I really am enjoying, like, just brewing in this format, like you were saying, Kramer. Like, they're 
I really don't believe the format solved. Like, oh, no, just no, looking no. at the deck list, they're just they're just not good. But like, then I look at the card pool, and there's also like cards that aren't good. And it kind of yeah. reminds me of limited, like because I've a couple times I've been like, the only way I'm going to play Magic anymore is limited because I just I love limited, you know. But like, yeah. this format kind of does feel a little bit like limited because the cards yeah. are like all at that power level, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, dude, I play um. I play Morality Shift in my zombie deck. I play one Tombstone Stairwell and a Morality Shift. Most of the viewers, and you guys probably might not even know what Morality Shift does, but it switches your library in your graveyard. So I just have a bunch Wait, of... Paradigm my... Shift? No, Morality. Paradigm oh, okay. Shift exiles your library in your graveyard oh. becomes your library. Morality yeah. Shift is, I think, is a seven or eight drop. Oh sorcery and you switch your graveyard in your library and then i have a bunch of um one drop zombies in there and i have four diabolic tutor and two diabolic intent to search up those those cards that i need but like i just put one ones out and then block for days put them in my graveyard and then try to get either morality shift or tutor for it and tombstone stairwell and then I come in with like 20 or 30 2 2 zombie tokens with haste. And then I also play uh, Carrion Feeder so I can sack all those zombies at the end of the turn to bring Carrion Feeder up and boost him up to whatever, like a 50 50 or something like that. Um, and then I play uh, Zombie Trailblazer. So I can tap an untapped zombie, turn a land into a swamp, tap another zombie to give a zombie swamp block, and then I can swing in. I can also swing in with like a 30-30 carrion feeder. But like those are the cool things you can do in pre-modern that just like don't exist in old school, which is I think why I've shifted my interest in magic from old school to pre-modern because you can just like do so much cooler stuff like in old school it's a very limited card base but at the same time there's cool things you could do that they just it'll just never ever work out in your favor and win the other thing is like i used to wonder i always used to wonder like after i stopped playing magic like are these set? Are, are they still making magic cards? Are, are the sets still good? You know, like are the cards still cool? And like now, I can go back and find out. Like it's like two thirds block. Urza's, no, Urza's block was sick, and Mask's block was sick. Invasion block is really sick. Oh, in pre-modern, um, yeah. I thought you were talking Odyssey, about new cards. Yeah. Like all these blocks are, were actually sick. Like they kept making good magic for like five years after I stopped. Like I can't believe how long. They yeah. went before they started jumping the shark. Like, yeah, well, do you think, written, do you think really that cool Urza's too. block was actually good? I know the yes. cards were amazing, but playing back then, they banned like 12 cards in three months or whatever. Well, yeah, there were some mistakes for sure. But like, those cards aren't. 
excuse me, those cards aren't in pre-modern. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not even looking at those cards or thinking about them. But like, I'm, I'm looking at like Mastercore and like, you know, these kind of cards that I've never seen before. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is awesome. This is awesome. You know, like all these, these cards that I'm finding, like, um, yep. recurring nightmares, another one. Um, yeah, recurring nightmare is a good freaking card in pre-modern. Do people play that in Legacy or no? Yeah. No, it's kind of slow for Legacy. The reanimator decks don't want to pay three. Dude, I've seen I've seen it in Legacy like plenty of times. In what? In like in... a Nick Fit deck? You yeah. Put, like, you can't count. Like, for, nah, I'm gonna piss people off. If you only see a card that sees play in Nick Fit, you can't say, "Oh, that's Legacy playable." All right, fair enough. Okay. Just I'll tell you me. one thing though: the best reanimator target for Legacy is Sire of Insanity. Dude, I love so many until, of these cards. Until you hit the spot, right, where you get a turn one sire reanimated on you, and then you still fucking win, which has happened to Ann and I multiple times. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Where if they just got Grizzlebrand, like, there's no way that, that they lose. Yeah, Force of Will kind of jacks everything up, though. No, even having to discard your whole hand, you're like, all right, well, I guess I need to draw Swords to Plowshares, and you're like, Ponder, oh. Swords to Plowshares, and you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a legacy reanimator deck a long time ago before I even met Ian, and it was like turn one you get Grizzlebrand, turn turn one you get Grizzlebrand, and then off of Grizzlebrand you get Sire of Insanity, and that's game. Yep. Yeah, dude. I um. People don't even play it anymore. People don't even play Sire of Insanity anymore. Yeah, there's, there's like, like three targets games. Now. There's like three games I remember every single turn of, and one of them is beating a turn one sire. One of them is mulling to three and winning, and one of them is mulling to three and losing. Like those yeah. games, like I still remember every turn. Damn. But yeah, dude, when sire was spoiled, I hadn't played Magic. Like I was just getting back into Magic, and I was like, this yep. card is so good. Yeah, I remember I you talking. So about many of them. They yeah. they never went over a dollar ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, the card is sick. It is. Like, I was like, how can anybody beat this card? This card is so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, one of the only, like, L's I took. Because, like, when I got back in, I, I bought a bunch of cards. And, like, some of them I got bailed out on, like, Night Vale Spectre when Devotion was in Theros. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought a ton of those. I bought, like, 20 of those for, like, 10 cents or whatever. And they went up to 10 bucks. But, like, Sire of Insanity was a huge miss. Yeah. We've had we've had some pretty amazing spec calls. Yeah, I remember listening to the podcast like a month ago. I forget what episode it was, but you guys talking about some cards you spec'd on, and you seem to have done pretty well with the ones that you did spec on and buy out. I I still can't believe that Tender Shoot Dry. I think I, Tender Shoot Dryad was probably the biggest percent gain we ever had, but. The foil um, uh, seed time. See, yeah, the foil seed times that I bought were like, like I don't know what to do with them now. It's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts, bro. I wish I did that. I didn't. I didn't go in on that one. I I'm did a, uh, a, spe- a speculator type of person. I don't. I have too much shit going on to deal with that stuff. Yeah, but when something's like twenty five cents. And you're like, yeah, I can buy a hundred copies of this twenty-five cent card. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And then, what's Dryad now? Like ten bucks. 
Yeah, they, no, dude, it buy lists for twelve. I mean, oh. do you guys know I'm the uh, I'm the largest owner of Glyph of Doom in the world? Yeah, dude, that's not a joke. He really does that. <laughs> dude, I have like four hundred copies of Glyph of Doom. Yeah, that's not a joke. It's not a joke. I have a whole box right next to me. That's awesome. <laughs> My old roommate TJ used to collect Brothers of Fire, and he had a long box full of them. But that is not as yeah. That's Glyph of Doom. Yeah. You still talk to him? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't talk to him if he had a whole box of those guys. <laughs> Bro, I have a Brothers of Fire altar with Hunter Biden on it. <laughs> and he's like, with the Brothers of Fire, like trying to burn the laptop. Yep. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this one. I'm, I'm fucking. I don't even know, man. This is uh, it was uh, it was good to have you on, Kramer. I'm glad we got this. We finally got you on. It's great. It's not it's great. Not quite the gym episode we planned, but great to finally come on. I would love to come back anytime you guys need a uh, need someone to just jump in. Let me know. Yeah, happy yeah, birthday again. Thank and you. I'm uh, I'm moving next week, so my computer won't be set up. But maybe, maybe I'll find the time to go back and edit that Nate episode because it's been a while, and I know that yeah. I still have it. Yo, Tom, we should meet up and play some games in person. I, if I had time, I'm down. We we definitely need to find some place that is not the the, the other place. But yes, we should okay. we should all we should all meet up and play. Well, we got Ian and I go to the Holy Grail in Acton, and we, and we play darts. Yeah, bro. Sometimes I, we don't even bring magic cards. We just I am down. I am down for darts. I okay. next week I'm booked. But you guys let me know when you're going next. Okay. Do you play darts, Tom? Oh, no. no we I talk. mean, I've had, a, I've had a dart board. I've never, like, gone to a bar to play cricket or whatever. But I, like, understand the rules. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely not good. Sick. Right. I'm a little intimidated because Ian found his... Uh, I found my board. darts, finally. Yeah, like, yeah. We'd go there and play with the fucking shitty bar darts. Yeah. And it was brutal. Crash. Because they didn't weigh anything. It's the Bud Light of darts. Yeah. No. That's, that's not... Accurate. It's like the IPA of darts, but I have the. Uh, I'll take a butt have, over IPA for sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, um, what do I say at the end of the podcast, Tom? Usually, you say you you have a clever outro, but we know that you're not going to do that tonight. Uh, and then you say that's a wrap. No, we say like our Twitter. Or no, I'm not on Twitter. You also oh, ask where people, you also ask where people can find me. Oh yeah, where people can where can people find me, Tom? No, me, because I'm the guest. Oh, where can people? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where can people find you if they want to learn more about uh, tombstone? Random yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, Dump I mean, diving. maybe on on Discord, Plague Doctor eighty eight. That's about it. I don't do social media. I don't do uh, Twitter, Facebook. I don't do any of that. I'm a uh, what? yeah. What dump can they find you at? Carlisle Dump. Carlisle. All right. Mm-hmm. That's a wrap.